Everybody, everybody, happy, happy Thursday. Thursday. And this is the MSK, this is the show. MSK show. And let's get started. The MSK show. No prep racing, street racing, tech. The latest news and the best interviews, you'll hear it here. You'll hear it here. The MSK Show is Trent, that no prep guy. Brian, the man, the myth, the legend. And Limpy, keep banging that light. Make sure to like, rate, and review the show. And we'll be back soon. Find us on Facebook at MSK, on TikTok at Midwest underscore streets, on Instagram at Midwest dot streets, and on YouTube at MSK Midwest Streets. We'll see you next time on the MSK Show. everybody we have clifton claude race master with us um right here on the flashlight and uh we're going to get started we're going to share with him about his events and get to know him a little bit better today uh we have the godfather of og flashlight extraordinaire across the uh, across the, the uh, world across the world hey, limpy here with limpy us here with us and Trent will be and joining Trent us a little bit later, later on. And uh, we're going to get started. I'm going to play a short video clip. Thanks for the warning. <laughs> yeah, there we go, right? Oh, we got to start it off from forgetting one thing, Limpy. The hand signal. There we go. Uh, um, so we're going to get started here. I'll share a clip here. Uh, the last time that I saw Clifton, we were together. I'll play this for you guys here. So this is the part where I was explaining where Chase is definitely a race. Where Chase is definitely a race. (laughs) Fuck that bullshit. That was a cold night, but man, we were gonna have fun. But man, we were gonna have fun. Is it so, lagging or is it just me? What was that again? What was that again? Is it lagging or is it just me? It could be. Are you uh, through the browser link? Through the browser link? Yeah, I mean, I didn't know if it was if it was just me or is it just. It might be just you. I'm fine. Yeah, that's probably just me because I'm out in the sticks. Yeah. Um, so, Clifton, uh, I know you have so a love Clifton, for the streets, but you also have a love for the track, too, as far as I understand. Yeah, I love, um, I love um, racing, really, racing really, you know, no matter what street know, or track, what um, as long as somebody's out there trying to go faster, um, build a faster car, just loving the sport, really, that's... That's what I love about it. 
Um, obviously, uh, there's certain perks that you get at the track that you don't get on the street, like being able to, I don't know, actually, you know, park a trailer and get out and, you know, take your time and do stuff like that. Um, I really am big into grudge racing. Um, you know, grew up going to little grassroots tracks around me and, uh, uh, yeah, man, I, I love the whole thing. Uh, track street, it don't matter. Awesome. So I heard that you have, uh, on a, like a point series or something going on this year. You're doing something a little bit different from what I heard. Yeah. So, um, the whole 2022, uh, tour of no prep, uh, that I'm doing is I want to do, do something a little bit different because a lot of people like having, you know, big races at their home track or, you know, things like that. And, um, one of my things that I've done for a long time with my friends is travel around, go to new tracks and new places and stuff. And right now, you know, no prep is, you know, growing and getting really big. So I figured if I could, um, if I could just take all my friends and, um, you know, people who like to go race with me and take them to new places and meet new people, then I just figured that'd be awesome. And, um, something to kind of, uh, you know, just sweeten the pot a little bit, uh, get more people out as an incentive, um, you know, design a point series, uh, to go along with it to where, um, you know, not just show up and win, but just participate. And then from there, um, at the end, uh, you know, we're still kind of debating on, um, what exactly to do at the end. Um, but hopefully depending on how well it is, I'll be able to, um, you know, award the guys who are coming out there busting their ass and um you're actually racing instead of just uh you know sitting at home mm-hmm. awesome i have uh here's the schedule right here if you guys can take a look at it um so he's got how many events do you have there total one two three four five oh, six yeah. eight eight events total going for the year so that's awesome so um <clears throat> just reading something um so you're very excited about doing that it looks like um your first event where is that going to be at uh the first event's going to be at shady side uh okay. dragway in shelby north carolina it's okay. um it's an outlaw track there um it's a real popular track around here a lot of people love it um it's very uh like if there ever was a grassroots grudge style track it it, it would be that one um Okay. And like I said, it's an outlaw track, so uh, real popular around me. And um, hopefully, we can have some fun. Uh, I just started lock-ins uh, a couple of days ago, and right now I think I have somewhere around twenty-five or so small tires, and right about thirty street cars. Okay, nice. Quote-unquote street cars. <laughs> Very nice. So. Uh... And now you said you were doing something uh, a different track this year. I think you something you wanted to try to do something a little bit different. If I remember uh, right. right, yeah. So so mm-hmm. uh, just basically uh, just basically get as many new tracks as possible in there, and um, you know do uh, I don't know you know keep it keep it the same in in the sense of. Uh, consistent rules and trying to, you know, run a consistent event where everybody has a good time and, you know, everybody's able to, um, you know, just stay organized, but also, you know, new places and, you know, new people and, and things like that. And just 
kind of take people out of their comfort zone, you know, taking places where they've never made passes, make the hit straight off the trailer. You know, some tracks look like, you know, you can put all the power down straight from, you know, the start and you end up blowing the tires off. And you, you know what I mean? Like really make people adapt and learn how to, you know, get down pretty much any surface. Okay. Very cool. I saw you were going to Culburn, I believe that, uh, that kind of a sketchy track too this year. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, um, twin river raceway. That's what it was. Twin rivers. There we go. Nice. Yep. Well, very cool. We'll look forward to all those. Definitely. It's going to be a great year for you this year. And it's kind of cool. I like it. You're doing like your own point series too. Um, so what are you doing for like the grand person who wins the most points and all that? What kind of. So, um, one of my best friends, Robert Presnell, um, him and his wife own gypsy twist designs in Spartanburg, South Carolina. He, uh, um, basically they're going to sponsor the small tire class with a $5,000 um, cash prize to the winner at one of, one of the events. Um, it's kind of up to him on which one he wants to do it at. Um, they're going to announce it probably like a week or so before, um, you know, just, just to basically reward the racers, um, for all the guys who come out there and, uh, you know, just really the bust butt doing it um i mean i've seen and that's that's the same thing with the point series um you know i i know guys who are literally at every single no prep event out there that have never went more than two rounds and you know what i mean and i also know people who are out there winning every single time and and you know i always see the same people out there so you know the whole thing about the point series it's nice to kind of you know reward those guys who are really busting their asses and you can really tell who who wants it and who's getting after it? You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Def- definitely for sure. Def- definitely for sure. And, uh, and uh, well, I look forward to we'll look seeing forward your events. And, uh, events I think, and uh, I think I think this is the second the series that we saw for points that was going on. And I think we should see a lot more of that. I think going on too with other groups as well. I think it's a new trend that's going to start to going. And you have back of the track and front of the track kind of mixed in there. Kind of mixed in there. So, so uh, a lot of things are going to be front of the track. Of the track. Okay. There are, I don't have any back of the tracks on here specifically, but ones like Coburn and um, like Paradise Dragway down there and a couple of other ones, we're going to get them as uh, scraped as possible. Um, you know, pretty much scrape the track, wash the track, you know, make it as close to the backside as possible. And I went ahead and I've been working with people on these dates for probably about the last six months. And, um, you know, just through calling, texting, getting in touch with people, it was kind of hard to find a lot of tracks that that really would let you do a backside um, event on it. And right now I've got about three of them, you know, that say, you know, this year works good and, you know, gets a decent following that we should be able to, um, you know, go there and do it. And um, I'm hoping, you know, the more tracks to see how popular this is and how much we love it, you know, the more they'll start to open up to the idea of back of the track. That's cool. How do you feel about, like, back of the track racing versus front side? I mean, you've seen a lot of the back of the track is starting to get more popular nowadays, for example. Oh, yeah. Um, really, I mean, I love, I love them both. My favorite, though, I'd say would definitely be back of the track just because it's a tuning game. And, you know, it's one of those things where, and that's really, you know, one of the reasons why we love no prep in general is just because money eventually will take over everything. But for now, it's a tuning game. 
You know what I mean? I've seen people, people come there with, come there you know, with, you know, $200,000 cars and 2,000 horsepower, horsepower that, you know, get beat by you know, somebody's car that they built in the driveway. No. Mm-hmm. And that's a, and that's the reason why we love the streets, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the streets are definitely a... A place to be. I love. I have a love for the streets, love, much, like yourself, the streets much like yourself. You know. <laughs> much like yourself, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we can't yeah. really talk too much about secret stuff, but I'm sure there'll be lots of fun this year, lots of fun in addition this year, to everything else. So. So why don't we tell us a little so about yourself and some of your background, how you got into into racing? Yeah, sure. So I've always been into cars. Ever since I was young, uh, my dad was a truck driver. He worked on all of his stuff. Um, he, he used to have uh, muscle cars back in the day. He used to always tell me about it, man. I just grew up, you know, loving Mustangs, Camaros, stuff like that with my friends. And uh, then whenever I got old enough to, you know, start going out uh, with some of my friends to drag strips, uh, started there and uh, going to car meets around in, um, you know, my local area. And I always went there and, no matter what it was, it didn't matter if it was fast or slow or anything. I was just like, let's go racing. Let's go find somewhere to go racing. Let's, you know, go do some some street racing somewhere. And it's, it's so funny to, um, you know, sit here and talk about now. And, like, I would literally, like, look back, like, I don't know, five, six, eight years ago, however long, and see the videos that I thought that we were just – the coolest, most badass thing in the world. And then, and then I look at it now. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> like it, <laughs> it's embarrassing. But um, but I mean, you know, you, you got to start somewhere. And that just that love of cars um just grew and grew and grew. And like, I mean, that's my hobby, a passion. That's you know, really everything I love. I mean, 99% of all my friends are car friends or have something to do with racing. And um. You know, I work at the dry shaft shop, so I'm always around cars, car parts. Um, when I get out from there, I go home and watch racing videos. And then on the weekends, if I'm not home, I'm at a racetrack or the street. So it's, you know, it's it's basically, it's a lifestyle. You know, you you definitely mm-hmm. have to live it. And, and I love every minute of it. That's awesome. Limpy, you want to... I grew up, um, I grew up watching Limpy, too. I remember... Uh, there was one one specific race. I don't remember what it was, but I remember watching it on YouTube. It was like really, really, really um, like bad grainy footage. It was, and I'm sure Chris, you remember this. Uh, th- There's two videos I remember specifically. There was one. Um, it was a very, very dark street. It was back in like I think it was like OKC or something. I think it was Dominator or, or somebody rolled their car at the very, very end of the street. Um, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I remember seeing that video, I think it was on YouTube or something and just was like, Whoa. And like, like watching all those races back then. And there was one, um, that I also remember back when people used to sell like the DVDs, um, of the races. It was, uh, uh, where was it? It was boosted GT and somebody were racing outside of a fence. And, um, and, uh, I remember he did a burnout and the cop tried to come in there and, um, something. 
But I mean, there, there's so many ones that I can go back to and just uh, and think about it from years and years ago. And I always remember seeing you out there. I was like, like that's that's cool. I want to be him one day. No, you don't. No, you don't. Well, I'm on my way, but I cut my beard. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, you're talking about uh, that was an OKC at the uh, at uh, BNR. BNR. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good old times. Good old days back then. Do you remember? Do you know what year that was by chance? Uh, probably like 07, maybe 08. Okay, I was 12. No, 13. No, I was in 08, I was 14. Yeah, I was 14. Yeah, so about 10 yeah. years ago, I guess. And that's back whenever I was thinking, do I want to be, you know, a scientist or, you know, um, uh, a doctor or, you know, I was just like, nah. I like cars. <laughs> we like, we like cars and women. Yeah, yeah. I remember there, there was this one, um, uh, who was it, TBR uh, uh, Racing. Uh, they called and I was talking to them about getting a pro mod drive shaft made. And um, I was being all professional at my job and this and that. And um, I was like, oh, TBR, that's a cool name. He was like, yeah, it stands for Titties, Beer, and Racing. And I, I just busted out laughing. And uh, <laughs> I was like, all right, man, that's uh, my kind of place. Hell yeah. Y'all got to open it. <laughs> in more ways than one. Oh wait, nope, 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 nope. Family's here. We can't say that. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, do you have a? I know you have. You. What is your favorite street race that you've put on? Uh, probably the um, my favorite race that I ever put on was probably the last one, um, before Dig or Die. The the one where um. Billy got a little startled. Um, that was probably uh, one of my favorites, either that one or um, the one before that. But just that road in general, um, it's a it's a tight, sketchy one, and it always makes for some good racing. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that road. Yeah, man, I a, remember going uh, going to that one road, and I'm like, man. Are they taking us out here to kill us somewhere or something? Because there ain't <laughs> nothing out here. Yeah, it's, it's then definitely. You, then you roll country. up in there and you see all the cars and stuff. And you're all like, okay, good. Yeah, and man, I t- I tell you, we um, like just looking at some of the the videos from like the tire crack camera. Um, I didn't realize until this past time like how close they actually got to me. I know Sam Hood, um, you know, nitrous car with, um, you know, the bullhorns he would always burn my legs or my hand or something every time that I would go by, um, on that. But man, that's a, that road's fast, but it's very, very, very tight. Um, luckily there's only grass really around. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, we were able to get it done with 20 and over 25 cars each time. So it was a lot of fun. I know Kendall going one there, once and um sam hood has won it uh three times yeah i think i think sam should be banned since he's he's a three-time winner he should be banned <laughs> yeah i was thinking next time i was i gonna get somebody to put some money on sam's head or something 
because he's a bounty on it. Yeah, definitely. Oh, Sam's a good guy. Sam's a good guy. Oh yeah, he's he's awesome. Country is all hell. Just <laughs> he's out there, and I love he's a, he's always out there with his son too. And they're um you know they're a good team, and uh you know they've they've got it figured out out there, man. I've you know what I mean like for the longest time, you know I always thought that you know nitrous cars they always blow the tires off, always do this and that, but out there he just hooks and books, and he is rolling out the back door. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I remember when I first met you. Uh, it was down in Houston, wasn't it? Texas Two K, and we were at yep. uh, Mark's shop. Yeah. You come up to me. You're like, you had this look in your eyes. I'm like, oh boy, what's going on here? And then he's like, man, I've always wanted to meet you. And I'm like, that was the first. I mean, you're literally one of the first people to ever do that to me. And I'm like, really? Why does why he want to meet me? I'm a fucking nobody. <laughs> Yeah, and it was funny because literally, because I, I was there, and you know, during something like that, oh, well, I mean, hell, you saw those hundred people there, and it was just like, um, I was just like, bro, like I gotta meet him, like, dude, it was like a, um, I don't know, man, because like you're like the, you know, the OG, the the king, the you know, cash days and this and that, and I was just like, man, this is cool, you know what I mean? It's like, uh, like starstruck kind of, you know. Yeah, well, I appreciate yeah, we it, man. We live halfway across the USA, so I figured I was like, man, I'm gonna go introduce myself to him. Yeah, yeah, and and those tacos were cool. pretty good out there cool. too. Uh, yeah, I know the uh, race didn't happen because the I guess the popo kind of showed up and kind of ruined everything that night. But yeah. uh, I think we, I can't remember if that was the the deal. We we did it during the day. The next day. Yeah, that was um by the time that we got back because our hotel room was like an hour and a half away from there, um or something like that. So, uh, by the time we got back there, one of my friends had stayed and he uh um he just video chatted me on that and I was like, man, by the time we get back there, it's probably gonna be, you, you know, what I mean, over. But yeah, um, y'all finished that that morning. Yeah, because I think that was a uh, no, nah, John. I'm a nobody. I'm still I'm I'm nobody, but uh. I think that was one of the fastest races that I've ever done. Uh, I think we did, uh, I think there was 39 cars and we did it in like three and a half hours. Something like that. That's good. And it was just, it was just, it just happened to be, cause we went out, we went out to the country and then everybody listened for once. They yeah. did what they're supposed to. Uh, we ran each race, bam, 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 bam. And then, we all after each round, after each round, we went and draw, and then everybody come up, and then pretty much ran in order again. And I mean, everybody listened. It was the stars. I guess, I guess, it was the sun and the stars were aligned, even though it was in the sun in daylight. Yeah. Um, but man, I remember whenever we first went out there. I don't know what it was, but I remember parking back behind there and walking like a half a mile to the start line. And man, I gotta tell you, you know, I. I love all my friends and bringing them with me and everything like that. But sometimes, man, I tell you, there's just, it's just like this last time, man. There's so many spectators and they just do not listen. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's the biggest thing, man. I always said spectators were in street racing. Yeah. And that spot out there, man, uh, if, if, the, if the moon ain't out, you'll be walking into people. It was so dark out there. Oh yeah, Absolutely. That's the way I like it. Dark. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, well, I mean, that's the same way yeah. out there at the, um, you know, the one before dig or die. Uh, you go out yeah. there, you might bump into a tree or Sasquatch or anything. Fucking Sasquatch. Yeah. Speaking of speaking of a uh, uh, dirty beaver, what's up, Tramp? <laughs> oh, oh, I mean, I didn't realize I'm on the show. I thought it was still next stage. What's up, fellas? Sorry for being late. Work ran kind of late. I ran home like a fucking psychopath. I'm in my work T-shirt. I didn't even get a chance to change yet, but at least I took off my my green hat, so I didn't do any rookie shit like I did a few weeks ago. But, up, hi, bro? Clifton. What's going on, brother? How you doing? What's up, buddy? Good to finally. Uh, uh, I think this is the first time I would ever actually talk to you, like I think, in person, I think but not accurate. in person. Though I think that's accurate. <laughs> okay. The world we live in now. Right, Clifton, don't make his head any bigger than it already is. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey! Look how little my head is. You do your big ass mountain above me. Look at the fucking guy up there. All right. So what? What have I missed? What have I missed? Uh oh. What? Really? Really? I'm trying to do. Oh, you can't do this. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> he can't do it with his other hand. What's up with that? And they could scissor, so it'd be great. I'm holding a fucking <laughs> monopod deal. Uh, you're a man on the streets. It's our man on location, the one and only Limpy. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. So I, I, I came in as, as backstage for uh, Brian threw me in here. I came in backstage and I basically heard all spectators run street racing. <laughs> so what, what did I miss? Because that sounds fun. Basically, we were just hitting on that um, whenever, you know, because I've had a race before where there was, you know, 200 people there and it went off without a hitch. Yeah. Everybody was, you know, nice, you know, and, and respectful. Listen, but I've also had one before where I literally was screaming, you know, at people like to the point of losing my voice to get behind the line, stay out of the lane, do this and that. And, and don't get me wrong. I love to put on a show and sure. have fun and, and do whatever. But to the life of me, I will never understand why someone will want to go out in the middle of a cornfield and stand in front of two cars on a sketchy road going 150 miles an hour. Like I just, I, I don't get it. And and they want to line the road in front of the line. And, and, you know, it, it just, I, I don't see why, you, you know, or, or why anybody would want to do that. But well, I have, I have some opinions if you'd like to hear them. Uh, absolutely. I always got opinions. So let's just start with the general overall opinion. This has nothing to do with racers. People are stupid. Let's just start with that. Yeah, and I don't mean yeah, anyone definitely. in particular. People in groups, we are just stupid. And we're all subject to it. That's where you get, you know, like mass panic and, and mob action and stuff like that. Like you see birds. You ever see birds fly? I know it's going to sound crazy, but hear me out. And they all turn at the exact same time. Like, you know, yeah. schools of fish. They just, they just go at the same time. And I think at some point, like we become like the birds, like one guy goes that way. We're all like, Oh, we better go that fucking way. Like we all just, we all just follow. And so many people are prone to that. And I ain't going to get on a rant about this, but right now with the whole, um, uh, the whole COVID thing, like that has to me highlighted people that are group thinkers versus people that are independent thinkers. And I'm going to leave it just as that. And when you get your problems with spectator crowds that just don't want to listen it's a lot of them, you know, they, they want to be part of the action. They want to be where it is. Oh, this is awesome. This is great. Nobody's thinking about getting run over by a fucking car until it happens. And they're like, I can't believe this happened. Meanwhile, those of us who are in charge of this shit are like, this is why we told you to move dumbass. 
But yep. like, oh, I didn't know. We no shit. You didn't know. That's our job to know. It's our job to know so that you, we don't have to have this conversation later. It reminds me um, recently that horrible tragedy they have it down at that care County airstrip down in oh, was yeah. it Texas. I think it was dude. That was terrible. I mean, it was terrible. And you know, my heart goes out to the, 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 the kids that were lost and the parents, but it, and no point did anyone say, well, why were they allowed to be there? Like that's on to, for those of us putting on events, I don't care if it's on the street, like you guys or the track, like what I do, like we are responsible for ensuring those people's safety. That's part of our job. And I can't imagine how difficult it is for you guys on the street. Cause dude, street racing, I, I ain't never going to claim to be on the streets. I haven't been on the streets in a long ass time. I'm never going to claim it. That's your guys domain. And I respect that but it was different back then. We didn't have the awareness, you know, like when I was, when I was going out on the streets every night, like that's when fast and furious came out and ruined it for everybody because 400 fucking people showed up because it was in a movie. And now you've got TV shows about it everywhere. And everybody wants to be part of, you know, the action. Oh, I fucking, maybe one of the TV guys will show up. Okay. Yeah. If you're in Oklahoma or the right spot of Texas, but otherwise, no, there's a lot of other people that are going to show up that you're never going to see on TV. Those are actual street guys, you know, and it's so much different from what I see. And I mean, I see the videos like everybody else does. Like you guys have a lot to contend with and you don't have the advantage of like a multi thousand watt PA being like, get off the line. You You can't do that. You know, and my go-to for years in a track situation, if we had a, a line crowding problem, fuck it, hit the reds and we just sit and wait. They'll figure it out. And they start right. bitching. We're like, guys, we're not running cars till you move. It's that simple. Like, because again, if someone gets hurt, they're all looking at you, the event putter honor guy, like, well, why did this happen? Okay. Yeah. Because I'm like, hey, please go stand 150 feet out in the middle of the track. That'd be awesome. Thanks. Like, you know, and, and it's, I was watching uh, recently, was it, um, uh, Billy and Tommy, they did a video. They went out to Florida. They were racing in, you know, the middle of Florida. And I've been on some of the roads similar to what they were doing, working down there. And dude, there's nothing like it's pitch black. There's swamps on both sides, you know, and they put a car into the forest. They put a car into the swamp. Like the car was in a swamp. Okay. Right. This shit happens on the streets. And thankfully no one was injured. The cars were fucked up, but nobody was hurt. Thankfully. But what if you had a guy down there who's like, I'm going to get a finish line video. Who's not watching the cars. He's just staring at his camera screen and doesn't even see him coming, you know? And now all anybody else outside of this little world that you guys are in hears is there was a victim of death at a street racing, you know? And now suddenly street races are all fucking death race. 2000. Like I, it's, I can't imagine how frustrating it is on your end. So part of the problem, going back to just people are in general stupid, everybody wants to be a part of it and nobody wants to listen. They're like, oh, the rules don't apply to me. No, they apply to you. Like they apply to everyone. And if you don't abide by a common sense set of rules, we're not going to be able to do this shit anymore because eventually, you know, and I know a lot of parts of the country, you guys are lucky The cops are like, whatever, they're out of trouble and they're out of town. We don't give a shit. You know, to me, that's the way it should be. We haven't enjoyed anything like that in a long time up here. So I'm low key, really jealous, but you know, if you guys start having major problems, you have uh, crashes, injuries, deaths, I mean, shootouts, I mean, all kinds of weird shit that happens eventually, you know, the public outcry is going to demand police action. And it's funny for a long time. I always said, there's no good media coverage of street racing. I, I stuck by that for years and now it's on every YouTube channel and TV and it's everywhere. And it seems to be growing. So obviously I was dead ass wrong on that, but 
yeah, as far as the crowds, you know, it's without a definitive way to indicate to the people that nothing will happen until you move, you're just kind of losing your voice. I mean, I suppose we could, you know, give you a big ass megaphone. Please move your vehicles or please move your ass or whatever the fuck it is. But uh, people will be people. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, like, you know, and that's one of hit them with a light and tell them to scoot the fuck back. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and that's one of the things I like about that's what I like about BJ in New Orleans um, at the pad because I've literally seen 50 times where somebody's doing something or trying to run across the street in bed or standing in the middle of the road. And he'll just sit down and lay down right in the middle of the road and say, We yeah. ain't racing until y'all move. No, and, and that's and um, that's exactly it. And I someday I hope to make it to the pad. I, I, I like to experience. I've heard it's just unlike anything else. Yeah, oh, you know, it's amazing. Yeah, and and BJ runs it like he runs that show, and that's you know that's it's awesome because there needs to be in any group situation. This is something I've learned on my own, you know, through events and just you know things I've done in my life. There always needs to be a boss one boss there's always one boss and as long as you know you can have partners and all this other shit but one person bears responsibility for a decision and it could be you know let's say you have six people putting on a race okay person a is responsible for this person b and they have the ultimate say it's not oh well we'll go to one of the other people no override like they're playing mom versus dad that sort of shit so but there's always got to be one boss and the people have to respect that and if they can't respect it then they need to leave like, if you can't respect what we're doing here, then you need to leave. And then suddenly it's like, oh, well, why are you fucking picking on me? Well, because you're the problem. That's why. And right. again, I'm spoiled. If I have a problem, I walk out with a microphone and I just point at the guy. I'm like, folks, we're all waiting because this guy right here will not listen. So now we're waiting on you and your girlfriend. And suddenly the, you know, the pressure gets to them. And they're like, oh, fuck, they're talking to me. Yes, I'm talking to you, guy 10 feet away from me. You know, that's, that's a luxury I've learned to have. But you know, on the street, like you said, BJ just lays down. Fuck all y'all, man. We ain't moving till you move. And, you know, but that requires the people that are there to have enough um, understanding of the environment to know that, hey, you see that skinny brother with the dreads? Yeah, he run this whole place. So what he says goes. Like, they don't necessarily know that if they're not from that area. So, right. you know, that's, it's a tough, it's a tough situation at that point. And you have to, you got to be able to have some sort of leverage. Um for people to notice, I you mean you're like you. <laughs> I uh, met the chat, Samantha. Oh, I'm sorry, I've got it maximized. White so pants. Hey, Chris Lane. White, white pants. White pants matters. White. Well, Kara's gonna get mad. All uh, tight pants matter. <laughs> so no, Samantha's uh, white that, and Kara's black. That sounds racist as shit. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you this, Clifton. So. In your in your area, with the people that come out to your races, are ge they generally respectful once they know that they're out of line, or do they get combative and be like, "Oh, well, I don't see what the problem is." Like suddenly they're the victim. The spectators. Yeah. It really kind of depends, <clears throat> and one of the biggest things that I've seen before come into play is everybody's res everybody's respectful and serious about it until uh, somebody gets drunk. Or somebody's around <laughs> friends, or yeah. something like that, and there, and that is one thing that I've always said. You know, it. I'm sure I'll catch some shit for this, but just alcohol and racing, in my opinion, do not go together. Dude, like, alcohol and men. Alcohol right. and men don't go together. Let's just put it like that. 
And it, it's, you know, and it's because, and I say men, I should probably preface this. I grew up with an alcoholic father. Like that shit runs in my blood, you know? So I'm real cautious about drinking, but like we, as men, we're very ego driven. That's just how we're wired. So as right. soon as the inhibitions come down because you're drunk, suddenly, instead of, you know, you're like, Hey, you needing to move. Oh, my bad, dude. You know? Okay. You were yeah. wrong. Your ego takes a little bruise. Cause you were bad. You got scolded. Suddenly it becomes, Hey, Hey, you talking to me? No, I didn't do nothing wrong. Here we go. You know, and that kind of shit. And now you got people that get pissed off and want to be combative instead of just, you know, taking the take, as my kids say, take the L, you know, take the loss. You fucked up, take the L and move. Now right. suddenly it's, you know, Oh, I didn't fucking do anything wrong. No, actually you did. And you're holding up the whole program. So thanks for that. Yeah. So, and, um, and I just and think the, it's, it's a very guy thing. Sorry. And, and no, and the worst thing about it is, is, is the people that they give you shit about it because, um, you know, for me, you know, I never knock anybody for what they do, how they, how they are, you know, it, everybody's different, but whenever we're out there, there's one common goal and that is literally to get this race off track right. street, whatever right. it may be. You know what I mean? That's what I'm focused on. That's what I want to do. I don't care about, you know, stories. I don't care about catching up, doing whatever it's I'm focusing on the race. And a lot of people don't, understand that there's a hell of a lot more that goes into it than just hitting the light and um you know just turn on and, and the cars go you know the drivers 100 percent are the lifeline of it and running a smooth show you know on the on on the inside looking out is is the most important thing because when, whenever you have the chips pre-drawn, you have everything done and everything is running smoothly because you, you know, you got to think whenever you have 25, 30 cars out there and drivers, half of which you don't even know, right. and the cops come, something happens, this and that, and you got to regroup and, and redo, find another spot. You're holding, you know, 10 grand worth of people's money and, and, and this and that, and you're trying to get everything together. A lot of people don't realize how much pressure and how much, you know, shit there is that goes well and it's a lot of responsibility it's a lot of responsibility and again i'll tell you i i deal with a different kind of responsibility at my programs because we're never running from the cops that sort of thing i can't imagine the level of complexity that that adds when you're when again you have 25 30 people some of them you don't know so how is everybody communicating in case you have to separate because you get busted are you doing a group chat or a group text or you sending up smoke signals or, you know, messenger birds or whatever. I, mean, I can only imagine how complicated that can be. Right. Um, you know, obviously in a perfect world, the perfect thing is no spectators. That's I imagine that's harder to do, especially with the interconnectivity of everybody these days, everybody knows everything, but I mean, I imagine the racers don't give a shit if there's spectators there. They want to get the race done. They don't want to be looked at. Right. So I don't, and I don't know how you would go about doing that. Um, I know back in, you know, back in my days, I break out the cane, that sort of thing. Like, you know, we would, we would try to get, it was very difficult for us to get off, you know, a half a dozen races in a row before we got popped. So we would, we would meet and then we would all leave onesie twosie in completely different directions at staggered times. We were going to meet at X spot at this time in an effort to not draw the crowd out. If like 15 people leave everyone in the parking lot's going with them. So You know, and it's, again, it's much more difficult, I think, for you guys now because there's so much more, you know, awareness and connectivity of it. And if somebody sees a high-profile racer leaving, someone's going to follow him. Well, I think he's going to a race. Let's go follow him. 
Meanwhile, the guy's going fucking well, home. You know, the, following the, world's worse. the world's worse is the, is the drivers. They can't keep their mouth shut. <laughs> yeah, I, I imagine there's a lot of that going around, too. They need that clout. They need that clout. Yeah, but you know, you would. I agree with that. You would think nowadays that they wouldn't necessarily need the clout because everybody's going to put it on YouTube anyway. They're going to see it at some point. Like, they're going to get their five minutes. So, oh, <laughs> hey, John. Um, I don't know if Libby, you want to touch on this, but I heard a little rumor about Chief in the show. You heard about this? <coughs> I don't keep up with it. No, I didn't. I didn't know. Um, to answer what John said, I'm no means an authority on this, but the scuttlebutt on that is that there was some sort of a pissing match uh, on the set and he packed his shit. See you later. So oh, well, I, I don't that. know. I yeah. Well, it's, that's about all I know. It's fairly common knowledge. And, um, you know, that, kind of makes sense because chief's a pretty no bullshit guy. So I'd be interested to hear the details on it, but I'm sure it was some Hollywood shit and uh, who, who knows, you know, who knows Brian Ripple, what's going on streetcar brawl in the house. He's our, he and um, uh, Derek Clem run the backwards program down here at us 41. So they're, they're the backwards race guys up here and uh, they've had pretty good success with it. So <clears throat> I'm watching Brian's throwing all these comments up now. It's throwing me off my game. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Brian. Um, what the hell was I going to say here? Yeah. As far as, you know, the people and spectators and whatnot, I mean, I, I don't know. Cause you guys generally, you do basically a meetup spot and everybody goes to meetup spot to the race spot after you draw. Is that how you're doing it now? Or what's the general accepted procedure? <clears throat> yeah, generally. Um, but I've noticed I've, recently had a lot more success with whenever we meet up um you know go out and you know do whatever and we meet back up at a later time because if everybody goes like most of the time whenever we do you know one thing we may drive 45 minutes to an hour or even sometimes more to a spot but literally sure. everybody convoys there you may as well just meet up there like i mean it just yeah. Should it, throw some warning flares up. We're going this way. <laughs> right. So, um, I mean, hell, what we did last time, just me and uh, Limpy and um, all my boys from New York and everything, we just, you know, we went and met up or whatever. And then we went and got tacos and then oh, they hung out for you know, like two, three hours. And yeah. then we went to the spot. And I mean, we kicked it off with, I mean, we were there from about 11 at night to like 5 a.m and had no problems. Okay. Well, the other thing I think you guys are dealing with now that again, I'm dating myself. This is going back a long time, but like, when we were actively racing up in this neck of the woods, I mean, obviously shit wasn't nearly as fast and not many guys showed up on trailers. Like they unracked it and drove it to the spot and drove it away. And it seems like everybody's got trailers and rigs and haulers and all kinds of shit now. And I can only imagine that just, it makes it complicated from a space, you know, a parking standpoint and getting the cars unracked and getting them, loaded up and all this other stuff so um i'm trying to think what it was a couple of years ago when uh, bird got arrested for racing on the street jerry bird did and i forget who he was racing but he just kept going he just drove the car i don't even know where he went he that was, the car. was it was it the black vega yeah, yeah vega. Black he just vega. like yeah, yeah i think he made the turn like at like 30 miles an hour he's like Tommy almost folded over to front runners or some shit and he just just kept on going he's like oh we're gonna Hope for the best and poor bird, you know, that's where everybody was trying to race bail a free bird and all that stuff. I remember that, but, um, it, I imagine, you know, the advent of everything getting faster and people bringing out trailers and all that stuff. And 
who knows how many people they're bringing with them, but you see, you know, 15 car trailers going in a direction, you know, something's about to go down. So it's, yeah. it's gotta be a challenge. Yeah, sure. cool. yeah. A lot of people are out of, from out of town though, that they just can't leave their stuff somewhere. And, sure. I mean, well, yeah, it's, you know, there's real, I don't, I don't, trailer season. yeah, I can't imagine. I can't imagine or tow rig season, right? Um, I can't imagine there's really a, a, a solution to the problem. It's just, it just is what it is, and it's you got to deal with it. Um, the beard's getting pretty immaculate there, by the way, Clifton. You're gonna go for limpy status pretty soon, or what? Oh man, like <laughs> I know you've never met me in person, and I don't update my um picture a lot on Facebook, but man, mm-hmm. for the longest time, I mean, I had I had a beard down to here, and like my fiance would braid it and okay. everything, and like put Christmas ornaments and shit in it. But <laughs> as of right now, I just had my son, and um. Yeah, you know, just now you. Well, you guys just had a baby. Yeah, yeah, we just Ooh, had a baby back in October. Nice, thank you. I want to say I read some about that, but congratulations anyway. Yeah, and the first thing that he did, uh, whenever I was holding him, he reached up and went yank. <laughs> yeah. So now, is I that said, your first? Nope. Is I'm too first? fast for a clean shave, so I'm gonna just have me a mustache. Yeah, I hear <laughs> that. Is that is that your first kid? Um, that I know of. Yeah. <laughs> How are you? How are you? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh, I think we all say that at some point. Um, how are you adjusting? How are you adjusting to fatherhood? Um, well, <clears throat> it's, it's tough, but you know, luckily I've got, you know, somebody with me who, you know, shares the load and all that, but man, sometimes yeah. you get sleepless nights. Luckily I'm used to it from staying up all night, you right. know, racing and shit, but man, I'll tell you, it's a, it, there's no better feeling in the world. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Like, I just Absolutely. knowing that one day I'm going to raise this kid to break the law, you know, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fucking dad goals right there. Hell yeah. <laughs> that's dad goals. I, uh, you know, I, I've got three boys myself and my oldest is 16 and I got a 13 out of 10. So it's, it's neat to watch them grow up. I'm not personally, I wasn't huge on the babies. My wife's like, why not? I'm like, because they don't do anything. Like they just sit there and cry and poo, you know, but, um, <laughs> And now they vote, but anyway, um, they, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I said that and, uh, you know, but as they grow, like you'll see, I think you'll see what, like my favorite age of my kids is like three to four because they go from being like little toddlers to like little people and they start developing personalities and stuff. And, you know, I, it's, you know, my, again, my kids are older now. Um, so it's not, it's critical. I think all the important stuff you kind of establish in the first five, six, seven, eight years, but you know, it's, those are the times that you just don't want to miss because everything's a first, you know? Right. And, uh, I mean, imagine your case is going to be like uh first crawl, first walk, uh, first flagging a race, you know, is yeah. it gonna be the diapers yeah. or is he going to be, yeah. you know, like, eh, do and drop a pacifier. Or, I don't know. So, <laughs> <laughs> and Dude, it's, I, you know, I cannot it, wait until like my kid goes to school and yeah. everything. And like, I'm going to like, where like he's gonna be wearing like a six sixty uh street yeah. everything everybody else is like dinosaurs and and, yeah. and shit like that and, and my kid's gonna go with a thirteen twenty hat and yeah and, so. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you a funny little story and we'll get off the kids stuff because I'm sure kids and people are getting bored but um <laughs> you know it's it's my my kids uh, they, you know they wear a lot of anarchy stuff to school at one point one of the teachers is like I don't think that's a good example and you know they're like it's my dad's drag race you know like calm down and my oldest. Um, you know, he's 16 now, but he's been in the lanes. Uh, he's been part of like when we were doing cots, he was part of cots since he was nine or 10. He was pulling the chips out of the bucket. And we we're doing the draw. 
and um what else uh he's been running staging lanes helping run staging lanes uh for the last three years i mean when they would come home the kids would do back in the cots days they would do their very own hot wheels cots they would take a bag of cars and spread them all out and they would do rent they, what they would do is they would draw the cars out of the bag like they were doing a chip draw and they would rack the cars up and they had this little six lane hot wheels raceway and they do like a fucking 64 car elimination by themselves correctly like it was it was a proud dad moment you know it was super super cool so it's fun to get the kids involved with what you do just don't get them arrested yeah it's uh Hey, Brian, welcome back. Hey, I'm back again. Sorry, guys. I take care of a few things in the background. Um, I love the subject you guys were talking about. And uh, I think, Clifton, we were talking about um, some small tire rules, too. I know we're getting back kind of to your events and things like that that we were talking about yeah. before. Maybe we can uh, start a discussion. And now we got Trent here because we had sure. some uh, discussions the last couple of weeks about well, uh, and- small tire rules and things. Yeah, we, we touched on that last week with uh, Mike Kodas. He and I have been working together to kind of revamp our small tire rules. We've got two general small tire classes in our area, and we're basically trying to make them a little more in line with other stuff for people that want to travel and whatnot um, and kind of keep it current and fresh. You know, we've done, <clears throat> excuse me, we've done, um, oh, anyway, well, <laughs> yeah, I think we're going to have to touch on that one later, John. Um the original, you know, up here anyway, the original uh, small tire rules went back to when COTS started in 2008. And, uh, you know, that was Hale, Steve, and myself. And basically it was 28105 non W. We're going this way. Where are we going? What the hell was that? <laughs> that was strange. Anyway, uh, 28105 non W, stock suspension, no wheelie bars. That was it. And we rode with that for, gosh, probably seven years, maybe. And eventually we opened it up to, you know, any suspension. It just kind of loosened it up and made it like, you know, the baddest thing out there. But in our area, it just wasn't working. The streetcar stuff was more popular. So finally, you know, in an effort for uh, Codus and I to, you know, kind of present the best races we can to our local people, because we're in two different area locations now. That's a long story, but I think Limpy's beating up his phone. Um, you know, That's Brian tapping. Oh, is that Brian? Is that you, Brian? What are you doing talk, over there? I don't know what you're talking about. I just hear. <laughs> like, I don't know what he's doing. He's playing the drums on his desk or some shit. Um, so anyway, but we were working on some rules. Uh, I asked Mike for his uh, input. I'm going to get out of this screen. I'll go over to another one. I will be able to kind of give you an idea what we we're talking about. Um, you know, for the, I know for the, like what we would call the killer 28-inch rules, it's basically uh, a 28 non-W, steel roof and quarters and no wheelie bars, you know, pretty much standard with what everybody else is doing. But again, I don't know that we're going to have a crowd out here to do it simply because, um, there's, it's, I just don't know we're going to get any people to do it around here, especially now that I happen in my case, I'm on June 4th. I happen to, uh, have a, uh, no prep Kings race in Hebron, Ohio that same weekend. So I f- have a feeling it may, affect our turnout in small tire a little bit but um as far as a max effort small tire what's your opinion uh, of that rule set just you know steel roof and quarters uh, 28 non w and uh, no wheelie bars for me yeah for you or for either of you really but but for you uh, in specific for me <clears throat> uh for me personally it's the surface 
if it's a um, if it's a front of the track and it's a decent and I know that it'll come around um, in a round or two, um, sure. I'll do um, you know basically probably steel roof and quarters, no wheelie bars, um, twenty eight ten five non W, and uh, stock stock location firewall. Um, something okay. like that and maybe a back half or something like that um you know is that's about as far as i'm willing to go on it just to keep um you know, cars cars that, yeah pretty much just to keep <clears throat> full tube chassis cars out just because at that point you know first round you know you can run a 550 second round you can run a 450 i mean sure you know it but whenever it comes to street racing or back of the track stuff where i know that you know it's a tuning game and everything then i've always been a fan of you know 28 non-w and just send it um just because i've seen plenty of people come out there like i said in you know cars that you know hell run bottom fours and lose to a car that was built you know in a gravel driveway so you know that's really where i am and i feel like that's about as that's about the maximum rules that I ever want to put on something because I've noticed the more you definitely don't want to cater to too many people, but also if you just, you know, have the same four cars winning every event then it, you know, it doesn't let, you know, people who are just getting out there and, um, you know, trying to start, because we all got to start somewhere and, you know, testing and tuning and, and everything is a big deal for it. And that's why, you know, to a point, you know, that's why there is street car. I mean, cause there's plenty of cars that can run in both street car and small tire and, you know, bounce back and forth. But, um, you know, specifically for, um, small tire front side, minimum rules, backside of the street, just, just a tire and no wheelie bars. No, and that's fair. <laughs> um, and then, uh, cause we, we basically been working on uh, another, a street car, you know, set of rules and it's a little more involved. Um, originally, like the streetcar class around here started, um, it was called 275. It was based around a 275 drag radial and it enjoyed a lot of success there. Uh, we, you know, dabbled with letting a 28 in, but I don't know that it really did anything. I think the 275 was a bigger challenge. But again, we're working on drag strip, we're working on strip services. You know, we're not doing streets. So we've got. You know, a little bit more on that, you know, headlights, taillights, that sort of thing. I, personally, I think that street races, would, would, how dark some of these places get, these guys got to have lights. Like, you know, I can't imagine how, maybe the, you know, cameras don't really do it justice, but I can't imagine how uh, scary it's going to be if somebody leaves the track and you hear it, but you can't see it. You know, you don't know where they are, what happened, that sort of thing. So that's um, exactly how it was with Nick. And uh, man, that, that shit was scary. Yeah. Yep. And that's, you know, that's, that's the kind of stuff that, um, you know, what got me thinking about it was again, watching those Florida uh, races that Billy and uh, Tommy were doing, um, you know, they lost two cars and one of them, I mean, you almost didn't see him go. He was just, <laughs> he's, he's just gone. Oof. You heard something weird. And, you know, I was like, Oh, I think he went off. We better go check on him. That sort of thing. And I, you know, obviously at racetracks, they got a big rule about you have a tail light and a lot of these people are running, you know, white lights behind the tires so they can back into their tracks now. I mean, whatever, dude, just put a reflective triangle on the back of the car or something, you know, anything just so that people can find you if you go off the track. But, um, 
you know, obviously, like you said, with the surface, the rules are not quite as important. Um, I know, uh, you know, up here, schoolboy, it's an easy, it doesn't care who it is on the street. If they're on a, you know, 28 and they fit the rules, it, it doesn't matter. But if it's on a track, it's a whole different situation because, um, you know, like the car to happy's building, he's not building it to be a big power car. He's building it to be light so that he doesn't need a ton of power to try to re- you know, reel in on the street so they can get down the fucking road. So I don't know. I'm not sure what the answer is. Cause again, the street stuff I think is like you said, so different. The surface is so much more of a factor than it is on, on a track, um, a track surface, you know, with exception to the uh, one and only Kentucky cash days, Amazon warehouse edition that happy had a few months ago. That was one of one. <laughs> Absolutely. And well, let me ask you guys this. Um, yeah. Whenever it comes to, like, obviously, you know, everybody's been racing the same way for, you know, a long time, just with a few tweaks here and a few tweaks there to small tire, big tire, and things like that. What, in y'all's respected opinion, classifies something as a streetcar? Like, it has to have A, B, and C, and D in order to be a streetcar. Because, man, I tell you, when I first set my rules, I try to keep them minimum. And, man, I probably got 100 messages in the last week about that saying, it's not this. It needs that. It has to have a radio. It has to have this and that. I'm like, man, you ain't racing a radio. You know what I mean? Like, Well, here, the the direct answer. Every every definition is going to be different. Everybody's definition is going to be different. Right. It's it's basically like people's opinion of a streetcar is is equivalent to whether or not they have a a belly button. Everyone's going to have one, um, with the exception of some weirdos, but we're not going to talk about them. Um, You know, if somebody, if you ask me that question, the first thing I would ask you is, well, how much time you got? Because it's going to be a long ass answer. But in short, the streetcar... I call it a gray area. I also jokingly call it the excuse. Dude, it's bullshit. It's been bullshit for years. And I'm going to give you my example. So with the 275 class that we have, that was kind of like our streetcar class. That was, um, that was a brainchild of, uh, of my former uh, partner, Hale Steve. And he's like, you know, I got an idea. We're going to do a 275 and we're going to do a cruise. And basically, you know, the cruise is supposed to level the field. And that was a great idea. People had a, a lot of fun. You know, it was a fun, small little deal you did on Friday. But I asked him, I said, you know, what are you gonna do for rules? He's like, Oh, I got this. I'm like, okay. Cause at the time I was the rules guy. So we need rules, you know, I'll take care of it, whatever. He's like, no, no, I got this. I'm like, all right, cool. What are you gonna do? He goes, uh, 275 and a cruise. I'm like, well, what else? He goes, no, that's it. I'm like, okay. Um, you know, that's a 480 class. And this is back in 2016. You know, it's a 480 class, right? He goes, how do you figure me? You're going to get a guy like Chris Hamilton, who's going to roll in, you know, in his fucking, you know, Mexican bandolero music with a tortilla on his head, make the cruise, rip off a 480 and drive that motherfucker back to Texas. Like <laughs> there's, there's people out there that will do that. Now I'm not saying it was going to happen, but I want, you know, part of my job is a guy that was always writing rules is to try to find what's possibly wrong, like pick things apart, you know, so that we can make it better. And it worked for a while, but then imagine this, it started getting really fast because guys got it figured out. And now with the, you know, widespread advent of turbo cars here, five, six years later, like a cruise doesn't mean shit to these guys, you know? So the whole streetcar thing, I mean, how far do you want to go with it? You want to get Larry Larson out here with one of his five second drag week fucking streetcars? Those guys actually drive those cars. You know, those are more of a street car than half the guys out here that claim street car that drive it, you know, to and from the gas station, not to get ice cream once a week and then have to adjust the valves, you know? 
<laughs> so I think that the streetcar, you know, thing we've tried, we up here have tried rules, you know, plates and insurance and, you know, seats and upholstery. Um, you know, the firewall rule, actually Mike Cotus and I were talking about this uh, as well as me and a couple other guys I know about the firewall rule about, you know, I know this becoming more popular, but it's a matter of does a firewall rule, um, does it tend to introduce other questions that you maybe wouldn't have people ask? Like, well, if it has to be a stock firewall, how are they going to make sure it's in the right location? I didn't move it back and I didn't move the motor back and I didn't do this and I didn't do that because I, I operate on the mentality that everyone's going to try to fuck you in any possible way they can. And when I write rules, I always use the old smoke eunuch philosophy. If it's not in the rules, you can do it. And that's a very, very large gray area. Um, but it's simpler. You know, that's why I've always favored tire rules, suspension rules, stuff that is, you know, not as constricting. It's easy to adapt to, uh, you know, one class years ago I had uh, a junior class. We started, uh, you couldn't have an anti-roll bar. People lost their fucking minds. Well, how am I going to drive the car on a track? I'm like, I don't know the way they did it for the last 50 years. Like, come on, dude. <laughs> you know, we're, we're trying to keep this thing from getting out of hand, which of course it did. It always does. But it's uh, the streetcar thing. Personally, I just like it's played out. I didn't, you know, everyone's like, well, my car weighs 4,300 pounds. Okay. And, you know, a GTR weighs 4,400 pounds and you can go fucking seven seventies in those cars all day long and drive them to Florida. Like, you know, the technology has really rendered the streetcar argument pretty much invalid in my opinion. Right. So, and that's where like you were saying the surface has become so important, which was really in line with you know uh, the you know the earlier races when we basically were like well let's just unprep the race you know back before it was even called no prep we're like well we'll just strip the glue off and scrape it and it'll be a tuner's race and that was great you know 12 13 years or 14 years ago when you didn't have you know guys like Shannon Davis making technology that basically makes all of that shit irrelevant you didn't have Holly you know, stepping up their game with the amazing technology that's in their systems. Now, you know, you didn't have laser height sensors and all kinds of other shit and all these high tech G sensors to adjust everything. I mean, for every rule, there's going to be somebody trying to beat it. And as far as streetcars go, my opinion is, is that the argument has long since been dead. And I'm not quite sure short of, you know, putting harder tires on it or, you know, universal rules. I mean, nobody wants to do a weight rule in a, class like that that's just dumb obviously there's a big argument out there i know you guys deal with on the street about all-wheel drive you know oh all-wheel drive isn't fair oh it's a tesla it's off the showroom floor he can't race like you know where do you draw the line i mean a car weighs like five thousand pounds for christ's sake well i will say this and all of my street races i've ever had um mm -hmm. i've always allowed all-wheel drive or really it's anything on 28 anything mm -hmm. on 28 non-w no matter what it is and um the last two of them that I've been in had uh, two GTRs in both of them. And one of them got knocked out first round to the nerd. And the other one got knocked out second round. I think it was, I think it was Sam Hood or uh, somebody, <laughs> but I mean, it, it wasn't even a, you know, it, it wasn't even close. And, um, yeah. you know, because of that, I'm like, you know, I love GTRs. I'd love to have one one day, and they they are very fast. But for anybody that's ever been in them and this and that, they are not. Um, they're hard to go down a, a, a two lane road. I mean, they get sure. very sketchy. They sure. will throw you in a ditch. 
you know, before you know it. And all wheel drive, you know, on that, it was not helping them. I mean, it, they got out about 10 feet and then the car just started to crab walk and, right. and, and it would look like more of a hindrance than it was actually helping them. Now it's hopping, they were rolling, but yeah. you know, if a Fox body gets out two cars on you, it has a thousand horsepower. It's kind of hard to reel them back, you know? Yeah. What's they downgrade their wheels for a 28 or what? Yeah. They usually have to go to a 15. They go to a 15 and change the brakes I mean, and all man, kinds of shit. Yeah. Change brakes and all that shit. If you allow, mm-hmm. if you just allow 28s. How is yep. now? You've been to a lot of the street races, and all-wheel drives usually don't win. Is that usually the case most of the time? Yeah, it depends on depends on surface. It really mm-hmm. depends on surface. Yeah, <laughs> Jasper's bringing a flux capacitor. Uh, somebody who was oh Brian Ripple, it said internal combustion engine only. Actually, Jasper, I have to tell you, I had that rule at one point in earlier cots, and that was specifically done to keep tough out with the jet car because he kept threatening That's to show it. up with a jet car. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, it it was specifically done to keep out riffraff. <laughs> Let's just Brian edit that part out, okay? So, what is um? You guys are talking about like street racing rules. When it comes to that, so those same rules apply at the track, which you run on the street, which you run at the track no. in a street class, or do you guys? No, what do you mean? No, no, my opinion anyway. I know yeah, we were, we were talking that, a little bit, Clifton. Maybe you can kind of share some insights of what we were talking about the other day. Sure. So um, as far as that goes to me, you know, people always try to push the gray areas, um, you know, as much as they can. And like I said, for, you know, a quote unquote street street race doesn't necessarily mean, um, you know, for a street car. And, um, you know, the thing about the streets is you depending on the surface, whether it be water, whether whether it be prep, you know, a lot of these cars are fighting them you know to go down whereas you know a track you know you do two prep burnouts and you know the track is already back like it was you know that last thursday's testing tune um yeah so because of that i don't really as far as street racing rules go you know i'm very lenient on it and i've noticed it's you know the not always the fastest car um wins but it's the one that can be the most consistent and just go straight and, um, you know, same thing for, um, you know, uh, tracks with horrible surfaces. Uh, you know, you got to be able to make A to B passes every single time. Um, just like, um, you know, always, always bring him up as an example. Nathan Jordan, he's got the white, um, I don't know, I think it's a 300ZX or it's a, I think that's what it is. Uh, he was in the finals at Digger Dive versus Jared Bradshaw. Um, I mean, that car. Yeah, it's um. <laughs> Sorry, I'm playing with my phone. Listening to you going over something. It's um. You know, I, I watched him go from you know a car that would either blow the tires off or you know do a massive wheelie, you know that was maybe going one round, maybe two rounds a year ago, mm-hmm. to where now you know he's at, you know, in the finals at you know one of the biggest snow preps that there is because of tuning, and because of actually getting out there, and you know, testing and testing and testing and testing, making changes, doing this, sinking money. And, um, you know, because of that, I mean, I've, you know, I haven't really looked at the car close, but I mean, the car is still roofing quarters. Um, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm pretty sure it would fit most of a quote unquote street car rules pretty much everywhere. But, um, obviously maybe, maybe not for interior, or, you know, it doesn't have a dash or, you know, things like that. But, um, I mean, really, 
that's not really going to make that big of a difference. You know what I mean? So really it's comes to splitting hairs a lot of times whenever you get into rules. And um, I think honestly, as long as people keep on coming out and racing, there's always going to be people in classes, but we also need to encourage, you know, a lot of people to come out here and try because, you know, if, if there's something that, you know, if, if there's a class where people think that they can get in and, and not be full of a bunch of killers, I know that, you know, people will, but whenever it comes to the street, it's just, for me, it's the fastest that you can get the best, sure. um, you know, that you can get down on whatever tire rule. And that should always be it because I mean, it's a street race, you know? Right. And, you know, as I'm reading through the comments while you're talking here, um, <clears throat> you know, there's, there's a lot of uh, good points in here. And I know obviously, you know, Jasper talking about his flex capacitor, but, uh, you know, Robert, Robert Smith and Robert uh, Presnell were also bringing up drive shaft sensors and traction control and all this other stuff. Uh, you know, obviously a lot of those are good ideas, but here's the problem. The problem with situations like that is policing it. Um, it. You know, you would like to say, because it's almost impossible to police with the level of technology now. You know, you Davis has got a box out that has no sensors. It's all G's. It's all accelerometers in the box. How are you going to police that exactly short of tearing the car apart, which nobody's going to do in a street race. And we all know street racers are always the most honorable of people. Oh yeah. It's, there's no nitrous in this car. It'd be fine. Yeah. I mean, come on, we've all played that game. So, and you were talking about the all wheel drive stuff. Um, you know, I remember way back, we, we didn't allow oil drive because we just, we didn't think it was going to be an, an, an issue. Um, and we went to allowing it, and people were kind of freaked out about it. And it's going back 12, maybe, something like that. Um, and the uh, the Red Talon, the Red Demon, uh, Devin Schultz at a Booster Performance, came out, and he won a 26-inch class. But not because the car went A to B on the 8th, because we ran quarter mile, and he just fucking steamrolled people in the back half. Car weighed 1,700 pounds or some ridiculous number, you know. He just mile an hour at everybody. And the next race, he got, you know, run over by someone faster than him. And that was pretty much that. But I remember I used to think that all-wheel drive had a, um, <clears throat> excuse me, all-wheel drive had kind of a glass ceiling because of how out of control the cars got. And, you know, it didn't take long for those guys to get it figured out. Now, you know, you got all-wheel drive guys going down to bottom sevens, high sixes. I mean, that's right. that's insanely fast. And you were talking about the GTRs. They're also fast. But uh, GTRs generally seem to have trouble, like, cutting a good light consistently. They now, they remind me of the Turbo Buicks back in the day. They're fast as shit, but it takes them a while to get going and, you know, leave just right. So I don't know, you know, as, as scary as GTRs are, I don't know how how uh, how scary they're going to be in an actual street race because it's, they're, you know, it's like rolling the dice to get them out of the hole, uh, you know, efficiently. Um, and what else? Um, you know, obviously the Teslas are the hot ticket now. People have been talking about them, you know, banned internal combustion engines or or uh, ban anything that's not an internal combustion engine. I mean, I don't know. You know, obviously the the reality of it is electric stuff is going to be coming more and more prevalent as much as we may or may not like it. So, and it's, we have hoodies. Look at that. Hoodies. I'm phone ads up in between. <laughs> hoodies. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, I know. I, Brian, you muted for a second. I was looking for one particular audio I have stored on my phone for oh, the okay. occasion. Um, but I lost it. No, I was just curious about something. I was just going to interject for a minute. Yeah, um, go ahead, go ahead. So, guys, we have our uh, our pre-order for our hoodies is launching. Um, Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I tried to turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Anyway, so we have our pre-orders going for our hoodies, um, small to extra large for 41 plus shipping, and 2X and above are 44 plus shipping, and we also have t-shirts available too, so if any of you guys want that, um, I'll put a post up, you guys put your comments as you guys want, and um, we'll get those going out there. So no prep racing, it's kind of like sex, better about the rubber, raw dot the concrete. So it's our uh, <laughs> shirt for the year, so you definitely want to walk around with that, it's kind of funny. Raw dog the concrete. Back to our um, programming. <laughs> but but just to bring up uh, one thing, Trent, to your point about yeah. that, you said, um, and I was talking about testing and stuff that goes into it. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen all kinds of cars out there on that street. Um, Chris, you've been out there to the street. You know how um, tight and sketchy it is. Um, and, you know, we've had um, people out there. We've had Rankin out there. We've had a couple of big tire cars out there. We've had, you know, some really, really good setup cars. And I'll tell you, it's um, a lot of it has to do with just, uh, you know, it's not about the um, the dog in the fight. It's about the fight in the dog type thing. And uh, like uh, John McElroy in the handicapped, then the um, handicapped. Yeah. Do you know him? Trent? I do not, but I just I love the car name. That's awesome. Handicapped. Yeah. Is he, he's, um, is he actually um, wheelchair or what? Yeah, yeah, he's 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 in a wheelchair and he's uh he's got hand controls that he uses and he's got a small tire uh steel roof from quarters S and ninety five Mustang. Um but he goes out there and he goes rounds every single time. And um awesome. this, yeah, this past one he was right by side of bar- barely nosed out Billy um on that road and man, I see him I think he's um Maryland ish area and I see them up there, those boys, they make they race like every weekend on the streets and he is constantly yeah. putting in work. Um, and it's, it's just awesome, man. I got his hoodie. I rep him a uh, sticker on my car and it's just, it's just awesome to see. And I'm like, man, I, I've talked to so many of my friends. If that man is out there uh, literally doing that kicking ass and, and doing it like nobody else should ever have an excuse. If, if like awesome. there, there is none, you know what I mean? And it's just, it's, he's, he's an awesome dude. It's just so cool to see. That's awesome. I wonder if he knows um, one of our locals up here. His name's Brad Keller. Uh, you know, he's no, a lot of people know him as Wheels or Wheels of Steel, but um, he's yeah, a Camaro, same. right? He's, uh, no, he's a, a red Mustang. I think it's a Pro Charger car, and um, he's he's been big on you know crewing with guys and teaming, you know, being part of teams and helping other racers. And uh, a couple of years ago, he finally got his car back out. I was actually very um, honored that he brought it out to one of my events to to dust it off finally. And, you know, it was, it was a huge crowd favorite because he's just so well known, um, in the community and his big thing, he's got a, uh, I imagine uh, your, your buddy's got it, but he's got a thing called wheelchair mafia that he's a big part of. And, uh, oh, yeah. you know, everybody's got a wheelchair mafia sticker. So, uh, sounds like he and Brad need to get together and, and, you know, do like a, a couple of grudge races. That'd be fucking badass. So wheels, if you're listening, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to line you up a race. So, and I mean, I know wheels, he'll be like, we'll race the car. We'll race the chair. I don't give a fuck. Let's just do this. You know, <laughs> oh, man, uh, John, John will be the same way. He'll go call him out <laughs> right That's now awesome. in the middle of the two lane highway. <laughs> I love it. I actually, uh, years ago, I loaned, I, I thought 25 years ago, I wanted to be in a wheelchair for about three months. Uh, very sobering experience, by the way. Um, but, uh, I had my wheelchair and I never got rid of it in case, you know, you never know what happens. And I loaned it to a racer friend who needed it for a while while they were at the, at the track during, I think it was RSD or something like that. And it turned into a grudge race with him and wheels in the wheelchair, like free the beams and the whole nine yards. It was fantastic. He lost, but it was pretty funny. So yeah, it is anything with wheels, man. Anything. Right. Is all this, this important. It is not important. So we'll talk to you later. 
Everybody's calling, you know, it's like, oh, are you in the middle of a show? No, no, I'm just sitting around doing nothing. I've been doing a show <laughs> at seven o'clock on Thursday for the last six weeks or so. Right. so. I limp. Just but yeah, man. I'm, yeah. I'm super excited for this year of racing, man. I know. I just going all these new places and new tracks and stuff. Um, hell, half like I haven't been to the majority of the tracks, okay. um, you know, that I've got on the the tour coming up. Uh, for that and you know just going there and just visiting them and everything and then talking to the people there i was just like man i i gotta get people out here i gotta um you know and all my friends that i talked to that you know race around here you know they've never been to uh twin rivers or they've never been to paradise or other things like that and i'm like man if this if this shit is halfway decently successful next year i want to go to florida new york um you know basically all up and down and just you know if if Hell, if I have five people come with me, I'll be happy. I'm glad you brought it up. You said you're talking about no prep tour. Brian, can you throw that up real quick? Because I want to look at that schedule again. I know he had put the graphic up a minute ago. Um, let's talk about your no prep tour, shall we? Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, what, what, you know, all right. So there we go. Thank you. Leave that up for a second. So we got the 2022 no prep tour starting April 2nd at Shady Side, uh, which is in North Carolina. And it looks mm-hmm. like, uh, no, see, uh, North Rosal, Pageland. I, I haven't seen the flyer yet because I, I was running late. So I apologize. I'm doing my pre show on air. Um, so basically, where, oh, it's in Calhoun. The thing is on the Mount Paradise. So you're basically doing Southeast at this point. Uh, what, you know, what was your, I guess, inspiration to uh, put together a series like this? Because as I'm sure you're aware, this is a, uh, this is going to be kind of a full-time job for you to manage this thing and pull it off. What what was your, you know, what made you want to do it? Well, the biggest thing is um, just traveling uh, all the time, you know, going to different races every, you know, week, every two weeks, you know, whenever I wasn't at home or I had free time, I'd be going to, um, you know, a different racetrack or a different street or something, you know, always going to Corey stamp or stuff, going to, you know, um, dig or die, or, you know, I uh, flagged a race, um, that Matt Rice held at English mountain, um, last year and just traveling around. And I got to meet, um, all these cool people and, uh, you know, I'm not exactly a social butterfly or, you know, maybe an introvert or whatever you want to call it, but sometimes, mm-hmm. man, I like to be a talker and I love meeting people, dude. And just going around and just meeting all these new people and just sharing stories, you know, no matter what it is, it's just cool. And, uh, it reminded me a lot of, um, you know, like whenever you had, um, uh, like, was it pinks all out back in the day? Um, you know, back when I was like, 10 years old, you know, watching that. And, you know, I just oh saw, God, like a dude, new... I'm feeling very old right now, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And, um, you know, just doing that. And I was just like, man, if, you know, it's one of those things, like I, I've been in love with racing and cars and going fast and stuff ever since I was young. And I said, um, if, if I can make an impact or a dent or, or anything in this, no matter what, um, sure. you know, I will have lived a full life. I mean, hell, I could die tomorrow. And I feel like with, you know, I've just had so much fun and been so thankful for everything. So I said, hell, why not just try to do something cool? And, um, sure. and I figured, you know, I- I- everywhere I go, like I go to, you know, five hours that way, five hours this way. And I see, you know, uh, the same people that I see all the time at the racetrack and my friends, uh, and I always like to pile in and go together. And I was just like, well, 
at that point, why don't I just, you know, have my own race series, you know, do a points thing for the people who are out there busting their ass and, um, you know, whatever, to at least give back to them a little bit. I'm probably going to, you know, depending on, you know, how much I make off of it, throw some of the, um, you know, money to make off that, whatever sponsors or anything that I can get. Cause, um, really, man, I just want, I want this to be, you know, a, a, like, um, I wouldn't even say like a, a legacy or something like that, but just to build something cool that I can have, you know, just to say that sure. I did it just, sure. um, I don't know, to go out there and do it. And, you know, I didn't really see anything like that other than maybe like streetcar takeover and, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. But I mean, that's kind of like a, a whole different crowd when it comes to it. And I was just like, well, you know, just new places, new faces, new races type thing. And just, I don't know, just kind of seeing how it goes and just seeing how far I can take it. Okay. So, um, the next question I have, and again, I apologize. I normally we go through the stuff for a pre-show, but since I was hey, late, doing it now, um, so what, uh, in, in your tour or what, what is your general class structure? Like, are you looking at running, you know, one class, two classes? I mean, what, you know, give us kind of a, a rough idea. I'm going to get real specific, but a rough idea of what you're trying to do here. Sure. So, um, at most of my races, um, you know, depending on like where there is, um, like a timing system available, um, I'm gonna do five classes, um, do small tire street car. Um, <laughs> thanks Robert. Small tire. Um, he's actually Robert's the right there was the one who, um, donated to the, the small tire. He donated, he pledged $5,000, uh, cash, um, to, grand. Um, Hey. Yep, him and him and his wife. Um, their business, Gypsy Twist Designs, in Spartanburg, right. South Carolina. He he pledged five thousand dollars cash to one of the small tire races at some point. They'll announce it, you know, before. <laughs> I, I don't know which one that they want to go with yet, but um, just to kind of give back to the guys that are you know actually coming out and traveling with us and stuff. But um, but five classes on there: uh, small tire, street car, unlimited. Um, slash big tire whatever you want to call it and um and then uh 70 and 80 index uh Wait, if it's hold up. time out time out did you just say indexes at a no prep yes Local guys are you listening I, I i say that jokingly because i run two indexes at our series or at our race and i get more flack than you can possibly imagine about it, about how it's going to ruin the events and that's oh, not that to be you though What's, what's be, that? That might just be you, though. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <sighs> if you ask yeah, Mark, man. yes, that's me. I ruin everything. But yeah, dude, we had a um, back whenever I did um, I did no, no prep last year at uh, Pageland in South Carolina, okay. and um, I had a seven zero and an eight zero class because I said, well, you know, if if all these guys can't come out here because it's not exactly a um, you know, even though it was a no prep, it wasn't, I mean, we had cars on the bumper. Um, yeah. and I was just like, well, you know, what are the, some of these guys that come out here that are just, you know, starting out, wanting to get into it, you know, they got a Mustang, a, you know, Camaro, they got, you know, a car that runs on motor, something like that, that they would want to get into or run it. Sure. And I'm just like, you know, for something like that, then I figure, you know, it's a great thing. And we had, uh, my first race there ever, we had over 20 cars in, um, seven Oh and eight, uh, 20 cars, seven over 20 cars in eight Oh. And man, I'll tell you everybody in the world, you know, Paul Paul was bringing out his big tire Nova out there with 500 stickers on it with a three fifty board 30 over, you know, 
all that coming out there, blowing the tires off at the line, and then some kid, you know, in a Mustang was just driving by him, and and they don't know what to do. And I just thought it was awesome. Sure. Um, I was looking for something here, and I just lost it. But you were talking about indexes, and one of the things um, that I try to explain to people that are so you're skeptical or don't understand it is, uh, you know, I tell them, I said, you got to understand that you get into more advanced classes and they're fast. Like they're not, they're not slow anymore. You know, when I, the streetcar class way back in 2012, well, I called it junior at the time it was based around a 26 inch drag radial. And it was meant to be like a 1080 class. You know, we were big quarter mile guys back then. You know, say I got way, way out of hand. And the, the reason why I turned to a couple of indexes is because it gives the people that don't have the experience and the resources to go, you know, whatever, four, five, six, whatever, whatever your eighth mile guys are going, doesn't matter. It gives them an opportunity to get into the program and to, you know, kind of feel it out and see if they like it. Because I jokingly yeah. call it the gateway drug, you know, uh, nowadays in our world, 1080 and a quarter mile really ain't that hard to do. I even have a 1320 index, which is, I mean, I had a guy in a pickup truck with it, a gas pickup truck, you know, and it's meant, it's cheap. It's meant to be fun. And it's also meant to, you know, it's again, get people involved. And if they want to, you know, stay in that kind of racing, then they can, you know, advance a little bit and, you know, put money in their time in their program and just go into the other classes. But I know I've seen, I mean, I've, you know, I've been doing this a long time now. I've seen a steady decline in certain classes of racers locally. Uh, that doesn't really work for out of town because you guys have got more small tire guys and you can manage. Whereas local, we just, we just don't, it's a Chicago area thing. I don't know why, but that's been my, I guess my reason for including them. And I think it's good for people that again, don't really know where they fit, but they know that, well, my car can go a seven Oh, so I'm going to try this out. And if they come and they really enjoy themselves, you know, then maybe they're like, well, you know, I want to put some more money in the car and I want to try this street car class or this small tire class or whatever. And, you know, that's, that's kind of the whole purpose of having them, um, you know, and from a management standpoint, as far as running them, they're so easy. <laughs> they're so easy because there's no tech, you know, there's virtually right. no tech whatsoever. You just got to run the number and that's it. You know, I mean, there's really nothing else to do and they're usually pretty laid back and they're just kind of happy to be here and, you know, part of the program and enjoying themselves. So, um, and going back to, you were talking about what, brought you in to do the you know the series and whatnot um how old are you if you don't mind me i am 27 okay so you're a young buck which is good there's a reason why i ask you that no um, man i'm almost 30 my back's old my knees are killing me <laughs> <laughs> i feel you dude i've been driving a truck for 20 years limpy knows my struggles man it's it's it can be hard <laughs> on you um but you know it's i never really it's going to be a little personal, but I never really gave a whole lot of thought to like, what's next. You know, I'm, I'm 47, I'm pushing 50 and I've been at this kind of thing for roughly 20 years. And I thought to myself, as I've been, you know, doing this show and talking to more folks, um, it's really cool to see like the next generation kind of coming up and doing this. And I would classify you into that because there's always going to be somebody that's got to put the races on. You know, and that's, it's, it's more important. Than I think some people want to realize they all like to, you know, tease promoters and y'all are just down for money and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I, maybe it's just my local guys help. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I suck. I don't know. But right now I have the microphones. So I don't care. Um, but, you know, 
somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to be a starter. Somebody's got to be a tech official. Somebody has to work in a tower. Somebody has to work at the front gate. Like it takes people of all kinds to put events together, um, you know, on a track or a street, obviously a street has a lot less people because you're not doing half that shit, but there's gotta be somebody doing what you guys are doing. Like everybody right. says, Oh, well, lighting a race is easy. Okay, cool. Go talk to Olympia. Let me know how that goes for you. Like everybody turn a flashlight on. It's not the same. And there's a reason why guys like Limpy and BJ, I mean, are sought after, you know, I mean, hired basically to come out and light a race because, you know, they're, they're OGs of the game. There's, there's something to that. And it's nice to see the, uh, you know, like you said, the younger generation kind of coming up and getting involved in, in putting races together. Cause there's going to come a point at which we just get too old for this shit. (laughs) We're just, you know, racers come and go and promoters are going to come and go. It doesn't matter how long you're doing it. So it's, it's always good to know there are more people that are willing to step into the role because as I'm sure, you know, by now it's not just show up and fuck bitches. It doesn't work that way. You know, there's, it can be stressful. It can be a lot of work. It's It's a a sausage party actually, but (laughs) well, yeah, you know what I mean? But it's, it's, you know, it's not a lot of, a lot of guys, you know, like, oh, it's just, it's a, it's just a paycheck. Okay. I, right. I say the same thing to everybody that, that, you know, has a skeptical opinion of that, but on event, tell us where it is. We will pay admission and sit in the stands to see how well you do. And we will take notes. You know, that's, that's, I've said that for years, like with, with announcing when people get a bad end up mad about announcing, just go over and give them the microphone. Here you go, buddy. Here you go. And you know what they'll do? Yep. Back away, go. I don't want that thing. Okay, why not? It's just announcing. It's just talking into a microphone. What's the problem? You know, same thing. Where if somebody criticizes uh, Limpy, even though he's sideways right now, you're breaking my neck there, brother. Um, somebody went over and criticized Limpy about lighting a race. <laughs> There's a flashlight, dude. Knock yourself out. Enjoy. But it, it's there, oh, there it is. Oh, now I'm on top of Limpy. <laughs> But it's, you know, it's just, it's not as easy as people think it is just like, you know, racing isn't as easy as people think it is. My wife, well, now Olympia's much bigger than I am. I'm offended. Um, <laughs> you know, my wife, I uh, love her to death, but she thinks drag racing is the most boring, basic shit you ever see in your life. She goes, how hard is it to drive in a straight line? Well, you'd be surprised. <laughs> like, right. you know, not everybody gets it. You know, people don't get NASCAR. How hard is it to turn left? I don't know. Ask Dale Earnhardt. Um, you know, that sort of thing. So it's, again, it takes people of all kinds to make this stuff happen and to keep it alive. So from my perspective as somebody who's been doing a long time, I appreciate what you're doing. I really do. And I hope you do well. Um, I'm hoping to maybe make it out to one of them. I don't know because it's kind of far from me, but you know, you never know. I'm, I work locally now, so I have some more freedom to maybe get around a little bit. Um, maybe, I don't know. Hey, there's Brian. I can hear the background noise. Hi, Brian. (laughs) Well, I, I appreciate what, that. A lot, oh, what, what was that? Was your computer fan or something? Yeah, one of the fans. <laughs> Hang on, I got to turn on the computer fan. <laughs> His hair's blowing around. And, holy yeah. shit, dude. All right, yeah. sorry about that. Well, I, I appreciate that a lot, Trent. Um, you know, my just watching all these guys like uh, Limpy and Corey Stamper and, um, you know, uh, just, um, I mean, you know, even Shannon at, um, or I'm, I'm sorry, not Shannon, um, uh, to come up, um, you know, all, all those guys, um, just for, for years and years and years, and even people all across the country, you know, Facebook, YouTube, just, um, 
looking at watching these races that, you know, I mean, I'll still go on, like whenever I get bored of watching racing, I'll go on YouTube and watch a race. And, um, you know, I just look at some of these old ones and I just see how smooth they're running and how well they're running. I'm like, man, you know, I, I hope to do this. Like, I mean, I don't know if I'll ever make any money off it. I mean, hell I lose money on most races, you know, that I do, yeah. but, um, you know, but if you mess up or whatever, you just got to own that shit and, and get up there and make a joke. Like you were saying something about announcing and, um, you know, I mean, whenever I went out there and I first started doing it, dude, I was the most awkward person in the world. <laughs> and yeah. a buddy of Thanks mine just said, yeah, and like these little headphones right here that I cannot figure out how to work. He was just like, wear these and then just, you know, go out and talk. And, um, I went yeah, out there. The, the echo, the echo will fuck with you. Well, Hearing I can, yourself, I can, the echo, it'll fuck. No, I'm saying from the PA, yeah. it'll, it'll fuck with you. It takes a while to get past it. Well, it, not even that, but it's just, it, it's just like, I could hear myself and I was very self-conscious about what I was saying and stuff. I'm like, oh man, I don't want to, I, I want to sound cool. And then like, I get up there and I started flagging. I still had a microphone on my pocket and I bring yeah. it out. And I'm just, whoa, oh my God, oh my God. And just yep. like yelling and screaming. And dude, it is the, it is the best fucking time. Like, um, whenever, yeah. whenever, um, excuse me whenever cj did that that big ass wheelie um yeah in my last race it was like a two or three hundred foot wheelie out there i was just you know i i didn't even i don't even know if 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 he won at the time or not i was just screaming <laughs> and jumping around like dude it was yeah. it, it, like the excitement that i get when something like that happens like i'm just you know hell i don't i don't care if i sound like an idiot I, if, as long as i'm having fun and everybody else around me is having fun dude right. that is literally the only thing that i care about and, well, and, uh, and and as an announcer, um, I've got some friends that have gotten into it and I've, you know, kind of given them, I guess, pointers or whatnot. I just, I've always said to guys that are, are kind of learning, it, I'm like, you basically control the whole attitude of the, of the venue. Like if right. you're depressed, the whole venue is going to want to hang themselves. They'll be like, oh my God, why are we here? You know, if you're like, I'm having the greatest time ever. This is the greatest race. There's like two people, but they'll be like, fuck yeah. Like, you know, they'll all rally <laughs> behind you. So you kind of lead, you know, and right. in, in my earlier days, just to, I guess give a, a reference or comparison going back, you know, early two thousands and whatnot. I, I used to do most of my announcing on the grass. I didn't do it from a tower. And so it was very interactive. And I love that part of it because, you know, somebody heckles you from the stands and you can heckle them back. The difference is everyone can hear you. Like, like three right. or four people to hear them go, like, the announcer's gay. And I'll be like, that's not what your fucking mom said. And the whole crowd's like, Oh, you know, it's, and meanwhile, the guys <laughs> around him are like, Oh, you got fucked up. Like it's so much fun. And you know, that's, I get excited just thinking about it, but that's the, you know, that's the whole premise of doing it. Like, I don't know, you know, what everybody else's motivations are, but like I gotten into doing races kind of for the same reason you're doing it is because you want people to have a good time. You know, you want to facilitate people having a good time. And if you can do that, you know, like it's a win-win because someone's got to do it, you know? So enjoy yourself. Um, if it ever becomes miserable work, you know, then step back and reevaluate it and, it can when enough people want to give you a hard time and complain about everything and be difficult and stand in the middle of the lane in a street race, that sort of thing, man, people um, complain about everything, no matter what you do in, in every single yes, thing. I do. If the cars are too fast or too fast, if they're too slow, they're too slow. I mean, no matter what you do, so here's what, cut out all the bullshit, take all the negativity out, no matter where you go, everybody's going to be, um, you know, a negative Nancy it's at some point. And, and you just got to let that shit flow off your shoulder. Do not sweat the small stuff. It's just Absolutely. like um, me and Brian were talking um, yesterday, whenever we did the little 
pre-show interview thing. Sure. And, um, and, and you know, both, yeah. And, <laughs> okay, good, and he good, and I are both realized that, you know, we're people pleasers. And as long as everybody around us is having a good time, right. you know, I mean, I could be having a bad time, but if you are having a good time and I can see that, that, that you're out there having fun, you, you know, I mean, that's absolutely awesome, man. There was, right. um, Makes it all worth um, it. Yeah, there was one uh, at my Saturday night special race. I had a page on. Um, there was a girl. She's probably I don't know, maybe five, six, eight years old, something like that. Wearing, wearing a hoodie that literally was the entire side <laughs> of her body. That was one of mine, and she was screaming and yelling every time the cars went down nice. the track. And I'm like, like that, that right there is the reason you, you know that you do it because it's it's just so cool. You know what I mean? There's people, there's always going to be somebody richer, somebody, you know, I mean, smarter and all this and that. And and for me right now, that ain't hard to do on either. But if you can make somebody happy, you can take your friends with you and you can just do some, just do awesome shit every single day. Yeah. It's just, it, that's what, that's what life's about. You know what I mean? Like if, if, if in my future, I always see Limpy saying, you know, the warden out there, letting me do what I love and going where I want to do like that, <laughs> that is the life. Like yeah, that absolutely. is, that is, you know, true happiness, being able to go out and do what you want to do, you know, and, and go absolutely. where you want to go. Absolutely. And Limpy, Limpy, what's your, what's your thoughts on that? You think it's the young man's going on the right path or what? Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, I met him, what was it? Three, four years ago. And, uh, uh yeah, something like uh, that. And, uh, I could tell, uh, I could tell then that he was uh, headed on the right path. So, I mean, we're all still learning. I mean, I've been doing this for 25 years and I'm still learning. So you're not learning. You're just teaching now. Shh. Still having fun. Still yeah. having fun. Well, that's and matters. that's, and yeah, and that's absolutely what matters because, um, you know, everybody gets into racing because they, they want to race. They want to have fun racing. No, everybody knows, at least they should know that, um, if you're getting into racing to win, you're going to be really disappointed because you're going to lose a lot. Like that's just, I mean, any racing, it doesn't matter if you're an athlete, if you play fucking chess, you're going to lose a lot like that, you know, that makes you better. And, and like in the motorsports end of things, what we're talking about now, my thought for people that are getting into the promotion and event putter honor game, as I call it is right now we're enjoying, I think a huge surge in drag racing awareness and popularity. And that's really due to the TV shows for sure. But that's not going to last forever. The TV shows are not going to last forever. And I think it's going to be important that whenever that stuff starts to uh, wane down, which hopefully it won't for a while, those, you know, the people are having a good time with it. It keeps growing, but everything's got a life cycle, you know. So it's important, I think, to have a good infrastructure of, you know, of, of basically small local races, events, series, whatever you want to call them, to keep that crowd engaged you know, that may have learned about what we do because they watch a TV show, but then they realize, holy shit, they do this here once a month. Oh, I'm totally going like, and that's, that's where it's going to be important to try to keep events, you know, going and growing and, you know, people getting into the game. Cause if, again, you know, there, there's only so long that old guys like us are going to be able to do this or want to do it. I mean, I don't want to be morbid, but you know, I've watched people my own age that are no longer with us or younger than me, that sort of thing. And uh, it's a very real part of life. So it's always good to make sure we got youngsters in the ranks that are kind of carrying the torch, you know? Exactly. That's you, Clifton. Oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> but, I love uh, it. But, but yeah. Um, 
and you know, I I hope to do that. I was actually thinking the other night. Um, um, I saw someone um, uh, just scrolling on there. Someone else um, that I know had um, passed away on Facebook. I never got to meet him in person, uh, but I just followed him on Facebook and mm-hmm. and just with everything that's going on lately and and all that, it just um, you know, I was just like, man, like it's. You know what I mean? Like, like we're never promised tomorrow, ever, no matter Absolutely. what. And Absolutely. You live, you, if you don't live every day like like it's your last, and I mean, you know, what's the point? Go out there and do cool shit, meet people, and, and if something bad happens, you, you know what I mean? Like, fucking shit happens. You know, you know what I mean? It Bring does. toilet paper. So, you know, you just got to get over it, keep on trucking, and, and just look out <laughs> for the next step, you know? It took me a second it to catch that. Shit happens. Her. Bring toilet paper. Yeah. It's like you're busy COVID living or get busy dying. There you go. What's that, what's that lip? So get busy living or get busy dying. Yeah, pretty much. And it's it also goes right up there with um I think Sonny Barger was the one that was allegedly quoted saying this, but is uh, I refuse to arrive was it if you refuse to not live or be safe in life to arrive safely at death or something like that. So, you know, obviously you wanna be I guess realistic especially uh when you got kids and whatnot you know you don't want to do something entirely foolish but at the same time you can't you can't live in a bubble you just can't you know you want to do your best to enjoy yourself and a lot of people waste their time trying to chase money and all this other shit and they look back and they're like oh i missed so much because i was busy working well don't be that guy you know just enjoy what you do and that way on the uh was it the pearly gates you're not gonna have any regrets that sort of thing yeah Oh, oh. Yeah. more Russian quote, spam. Or you can oh. quote Abraham Lincoln. My favorite quote of, of ever. <laughs> okay, go ahead. It's, uh, it's not the years in your life that count. It's the life in your life years. In your years. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <clears throat> uh, hey, Brian, we have mm-hmm. more spam. Russia more spam. trying to hack the chat. I'm Although I don't... I don't know this Mike. This guy almost sounds like he's making a voice of reason reference. That was my old screen name back in the days. So what was it? Sorry, Mike Hunt or uh, Peter Fitzwell. What's that? <laughs> Peter Fitzwell. <laughs> no voice of reason. Ding dong. Uh, uh, I didn't. And I didn't. I didn't choose it. It was. I no, it was given. Or no, no. It was. I can grow hair in my head. Motherfucker. Dot com. That's what that was. <laughs> no, that was that was bestowed upon me. And John Ryan, who was actually who was part of the friend group back then, was in the Midwest F Body Association. A fellow named Paulie G uh, has bestowed upon me the moniker of Voice of Reason because I was announcing and I usually had to had logical answers to questions. So I said, "Fuck it, it rolls. Let's do it." Um, so I will ask you, Clifton. This is a question I like to ask people when I remember. Um, sure. In your opinion, in the uh, beginning of what I would call your no prep career. What uh, what do you think the future of no prep holds? Specifically, no prep, not street racing. Specifically to trackside no prep. What do you think the future holds? What do you see in your little glass ball? Uh, like for me, or just in general? I mean, in general, you know, your local, your region. What do you think? You know, it's just it's kind of an opinion thing. I like to get people's sure. opinions on where they think no prep is going. So I think it's it. <clears throat> I think it's really really good for the sport of just drag racing in general prep no prep whatever i think specifically no prep is good for the sport and the reason why is because um 
it's getting more people out. It's getting more people to the track. It's getting, it's giving people a new approach, you know, two things. It's, yeah. it's just like me and my friend Robert were talking and said, drag racing is one of two things. It's a starting line and a finish line. And whatever you do between, you know, here and there, there's, there's like eight different, it's just like Taco Bell. There's like four ingredients, but depending on how you stack them is a different menu item. And yeah. And, um, <laughs> you know, it, it, I don't know if no prep will last forever. I don't know if it's just one of those things that it'll become a phase and then, you know, go out in a few years, but, but it's one of those things that as long as people are going to the tracks, as long as I'm seeing these, you know, small tracks get a lot of attention, like, um, you know, and, and get these big crowds and these things where it's keeping it alive. I don't care what type of racing it is. And um, I think no prep is doing a good job of that. And just, I mean, even bringing somebody to a track and they've never been to a track for something like that. It's, it, it's a good thing. It's getting people out and, um, you know, giving people who, who don't necessarily want a street race or anything like that. It's giving them an alternative to where they're still out there, you know, doing the sport, having fun, and uh, I just think that it's going to continue to grow. And I don't think it'll ever die. I think maybe it may flatline out here in a couple of years. But, I mean, with as big of a following it is and as much money as there is in it, sure. it I don't think it'll ever go away. I, I would agree with that. And I, I see, personally, um, I see some comparisons, I think direct comparisons to, like, the origins of the NHRA, you know, sanctioned organized drag racing. Like they didn't used to prep back in those days. It wasn't a big deal. That's just, it didn't exist. So it's almost like we kind of, in, in the whole genre of no prep, we unintentionally just kind of went back to square one and start over right. again. And in comparison to like the NHRA, most no prep stuff, it's, you know, it's, it's obviously very entertaining because a lot of it can be sketchy and people, let's be honest, people don't go to NASCAR races to watch the race. They go to watch the crash. Like that's just part of what they want to see. Um, which nobody wants to wreck their car, but it's exciting. It gets your blood going. And I don't ever want to see anybody wreck nothing, but I won't deny the fact that a lot of people love to watch this type of racing because it keeps them on the edge of their seats. You know, is he going to come down from this wheelie and go straight? Is he going to go sideways? Um, you know, I've, that you look, I mean, that's just the way people are wired. Look at any video on, on YouTube or TikTok or anything like that. If it's, you know, sketchy, it's going to probably get popular versus a, you know, uh, a to B run. They're like, Oh, that's nice. You know, nobody wants to see boring. They want to see exciting. So I right. think that's one of the reasons why no prep has been so well received because it's exciting. And I think also a big part of it is because it's, it generally represents a very attainable motorsport. You don't have to oh, yeah. be a zillionaire to get into the sport. And I realize that, you know, people will make the argument that, uh, you know, the most popular or most well-known no prep is obviously the no prep King TV show, but they're basically the professionals of our sport, you know, and, and they represent our sport. Well, most of them represent our sport. Well, admittedly, I don't know all of them uh, or many of them for that matter, but from what I see and a few that I know, most of them, you know, they, they've came from humble roots and they represent the sport well, and they're entertaining to watch. That's why they have a TV show about them. So it just got very big. Hello. Um, and I think it's good because it keeps it on the, you know, on the front of people's minds and, as long as we continue to offer local races for people to come in and check out, I think it'll kind of balance itself out nicely because not everybody's going to be able to go to a, I don't know, what's the best way to put it? Like people love going to see professional wrestling. 
They know it's all bullshit. We all know this, but it's entertaining as hell. And when they come to town, they pack the house every time. Monster trucks is a, it's a circus with trucks, but it's entertaining and people go to watch it. So as long as the racing is entertaining and it's watchable, I think it's, I agree. I think it's going to enjoy a very long lifespan. Um, Hopefully it'll outlive me, you know, I'll put it like that. <laughs> well, I did, no I did want to add one one thing there. Um, yeah, so uh, at my race last year, uh, my very first race, there was a uh, now who's a, one of my best friends. His name is Steve Miller, who I know is watching. Shout out to Steve Miller. Um, he Steve. came there, and I had a frontside no prep race, um, and he brought his. It was like a 30, 20 or 30,000 mile 2002 Camaro SS show car. I mean, this thing was the most immaculate show car that I've ever seen a manual car out there on a hard tire and was no like prep, it. was no prep racing <clears throat> it and actually ended up winning the eight Oh really? index. And, um, he came what, back. You said eight, you said eight Oh, is that right? Yeah. Eight Oh index. Okay. And then he came back to another race I had later on in the year and he won that one as well. And I got talking to him in this net and, and he said that, you know, he's just always looking for something to do to, to get in here and, um, <clears throat> race and just something. He grew up racing, um, you know, dirt track stuff and eventually moved into drag racing and, and stuff like that. But, uh, for the best of my knowledge, it was never really that, that serious, but then he came out here and he did that and he won those. And yeah. for the last probably two months, I've been helping him look for a, a small tire car. And because oh, uh, we want the gateway it, drug has engaged. Yes, a hundred percent. And uh, and we've been looking at stuff, man. He he was even looking at cars out as far as um uh like Vegas and stuff, like 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 um, popular street race cars that were for sale. And and uh, and we were looking at that stuff together. And he was just like, man, it's addicting. And I was like, man, if you develop the drug habit, you'd probably save money. Like it's a, uh, you know, it's 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 a good good thing to get into but man i tell you it's a it's a it's a lot to go from from nothing to to up to having a um a top tier no prep uh car absolutely and and that's why i think it's important to have the more attainable like entry level classes that sort of thing um now actually i want to switch gears on it because i'm curious if this is a big thing down there it's kind of growing up here we've actually got a raceway for it and everything are you guys seeing a, a surge in no prep rc car drag racing because it's yes. really big up here now. It's crazy. Absolutely. Really? Yeah. I've never, I've seen people uh, playing with them and stuff like at the dig spots, like before, or after a street race. But um, it's, I've always wanted to, like, you know, get get into it more. But um, it's a, it's popular everywhere. Yeah. It's, I'm not sure who was really the one that spearheaded it. But yeah, it's become very popular. Like I said, we've got a, uh, an actual Northwest Indiana. Um, a Northwest Indiana, uh, like indoor raceway. I forgot exactly what it's called here, but it's literally an indoor raceway for, you know, 10 scale, no prep drag racing. It's and the guys just, they go and they spend all day there on a Saturday and they just eat it up and they're getting, they're getting fast or tuning cars to laptops. Uh, Mike Cotus is, is way more into it than I am. I think he's got a one or two of them. Uh, I know Schoolboy up here is like killing it because he just lives and breathes this stuff. And, it's it's wild to see what these guys can do with an RC car. I mean, like anybody else who grew up with RC cars, and we race them around, did some stupid shit. But 
<clears throat> All right. Yeah, we'll get on that tirade for that. Um, let's see here. What else have we got on our agenda? Because we've been out for a little while. Uh, 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 I was trying to have an agenda when we get onto this. Um, I also want is going to ask you: Have you been? Have you followed all the news that's come out about the 2022 No Prep Kings schedule? Is that for me? Either one of you, really, but I have more uh, you because I don't know the Olympic really follows no. and stuff. Okay. <laughs> all right, well, and on to Clifton. I've seen somebody post about it, um, and I just did a quick swipe or uh, like look through it and um, all that, and you know, huge huge supporter of them and you know all that but i i'll be honest i haven't actually watched an episode of street outlaws and no prep kings in several years because i just <laughs> um you know if it, if it was something on there then you know i'd watch it but um i don't i don't know it's just like it, it just i don't know i guess i just wanted to get out and see the um you know the stuff where those guys came from and um yeah. like live it in real life you know what i mean well and that's sure. and uh that I'm, I'm right there with you in, in the simple fact of I don't have anything necessarily against the show. I was very big skeptic of them at first because I just don't trust anything that Hollywood touches. But to their credit, uh, they seem to have done really well and good by the racers, um, you know, good people involved, that sort of thing. Uh, shout out to Sam and Jim Hughes and, and the guys that are really at the top of that game there. But I was looking at the schedule and I meant to have a presentation put together, but I got so late with work. I was not able to do that. I've got, I, I was got bored last night. I ran all the mileages uh, just to go point to point from track one to track two to three. And just that's a screenshot I sent to uh, Brian of what I was going to put together there. And it was interesting because just to run the series alone, it's almost 12,000 miles. That's just, that's not including getting to the first track and leaving the last track and never going home. That's just literally following around. And eventually I wanted to put together a map that shows, you know, where they're going. Cause that's, you know, it's just truck riding one-on-one. We do that stuff all the time. Yeah. And, that's probably as many miles that I've drove this month. For street yeah. Well, <laughs> that's, you know, it's <laughs> funny cause I mentioned it in my Facebook and a lot of people are like, well, that's nothing. I'm like, well, I'm just looking for kind of a bare minimum comparison just to, you know, see how it, how it shook out, that sort of thing. And I know a lot of guys like you, Limp, you know, you're all over the place because you drive everywhere or do you fly when you go around? I like driving. Yeah. It's the old trucker in you, isn't it? <laughs> um, but it's, it's just wild to think about, you know, how much is going to be involved to do this. I think they've got 15 races on the schedule this year. Um, I know last year they had them uh, really close together because it started so late because of COVID and all that. But uh, I was just curious um, where I was going to do a little bit of talking about that uh, as far as, you know, whether or not it's going to affect the people that race on it. Cause it's, you know, at the top of the game, you know, the invitation, all that stuff, not everybody gets paid. It's an expensive endeavor just to be a part of it. Yeah. I was kind of curious as to what your thoughts were on it as far mm -hmm. as if it will eventually start to thin the herd if these guys are driving you know 13 18 i think at one point it was like a 22 hour drive you know it's just a lot of wear and tear on, on the people and the equipment and all that stuff and if you if i was going to ask you knowing all that and knowing what it takes to race these cars you know what are the odds they're going to start with 20 cars and end with 20 cars and 15 races over the course of twelve thousand miles in six months I think they've got July off, and that's it. Otherwise, you got to race almost every weekend. It's nuts. That was for you, Clifton. Um, 
<clears throat> you think they're going to so, have a full cast at the end of the season, or is it going to be just remnants? As far as far as far as that goes, man, I, I got to tell you, it's um, I don't know, you know, what kind of sponsors those guys have, how much money they make doing it, and this and that. But I know, like, the amount of money and time and effort that it takes to keep up those cars, to adjust everything, to you know, test and you know, do all that kind of stuff. And and I got to tell you, it's it's one of those things that you'll at the end of it, you'll truly see who loves it and who's just there doing it for the clout, the, you know, whatever, whatever you want to call it um, from that, because hmm, man, I, I got to tell you, sometimes if you, you know, aren't built for this and, you know, driving, you know, 10, eight, eight, 10 hours at a time to go to a race and, and other things like that. And like, it, it, it really shows. And um, I, I hope for the sake of the sport and everything and the sake of what they're doing that they, you know, start with 20, finish with 20, but you know, I mean, I've seen it before where, you know, we start with 20 cars at a street race and cops come once and <laughs> we lose half. So I don't yeah. know, over six months and all that, if, you know, anything happens, somebody, you know, runs out of money, somebody blows motor. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but more power to them. Well, and, and not a lot of these, you know, some of these teams, they got, I mean, it's like a pro caliber team. They got stackers and shops and spare engines and transmissions. And we got um, an open actually, trailer. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, yeah. I mean, honestly, I think open trailers, it should be like a norm. You should have a class where you can only have an open trailer and nothing more right. than a pickup truck. Like just, you know, by the time, time it's all said and done, you're going to see who has the most money that's tied up into this stuff. Yeah. It's still it, left it, in it. And unfortunately, but it seems like that, um, it seems like that's pretty much a common thread in any kind of heads up racing. You know, it, it ultimately, it ultimately boils down into somebody who has the most uh, resources, which is not to say the most money necessarily. They've got the most talent in the driver, talent in a tuner. I think it's kind of an all-in-one package in some cases. But unfortunately, when you get to that heads-up stuff, money is a huge factor. I actually, this is a question I thought of that was not in my list of stuff to do. Um, and Clifton, I wanted yours and Limpy's opinion on this. I've been seeing some races where uh, street stuff mostly um, – where they're evening out a ladder by running preliminary races. And, you know, instead of getting buys and whatnot, if they've got a weird number, they'll, let's say they've got, um, I don't know, 14. So instead of running up with seven, they will run a preliminary so that they don't have as many buys. Or if they have 17, they'll run a pair to eliminate one, and then they'll have a clean 16-car ladder. I have my own opinion on that. I'll share it when we're done. What is your guys' thought of that? Would you rather run preliminaries to even out your ladder or just let it ride? The way that I've always done it is, you know, if you have a buy, um, then, you know, you just got lucky in there. But, you know, you you don't have to race anybody, you know, to get knocked out, but you also don't have any data either. So sometimes I look at a buy, especially on a sketchy street, as not necessarily – the best thing i mean getting a buy like into the final or something sure when you already have data but if it's just like the first pass um then i say you know it's uh i, I just let them go uh, move on to the next round um sure. but that's just you know doing doing that on there but most of the time you know we try to just convince somebody into getting in that last that last spot or something even up or i'll put a cap on it and just sure. say um something like that sure let what do you think uh, I've been forever just it's been uh, luck of the draw out of the bag but man 
over the years, I just really don't like seeing somebody get a buy into the finals just because. So I'm thinking I'm going to switch it up to maybe a ladder ladder style. Sure. And get all the get all the buys done in the first round so you can have even races throughout. But it's something I'm I'm on the fence about right now. So Okay. Um I, I it's one of those where I remember when I started, you know, messing with ladders and whatnot, I was looking at, you know, we, we used to do printed ladders and we'd, you know, post them up and all that shit. And you know, they're easy to find and obviously a sixteen or thirty two car ladder is really easy to run. And when you get into prelims or like, you know, double elimination, it gets complicated. I've always been kind of a, um, I've always been kind of a proponent of just let the chips fall where they may. Uh, the, the buy run policy that we've had for years is that when we were drawing names, if it was an odd field, the last number out is the buy. And originally we would not allow them to make a pass so that they got a free run in the second round, but they didn't get any data. So you got a little bit, but you had to give something in return. And then they were the first name out drawn the next round so they couldn't draw two buys in a row you know if their opponent didn't show up they got you know a broke buy then they could do that but it didn't happen very often thinking you know, hider uh one of the locals and now lives in florida he he got like two or three buys in an event but it wasn't anything sketchy just luck of the draw but i don't know about this whole like preliminary let's even the ladder out before we run kind of thing because then what happens if someone breaks or you know unfortunately crashes because that does happen in this in that line of work so to speak you know i'm i'm just pretty much of the opinion if you take what you got and you run it and hope for the best nobody wants to buy into the final but you know sometimes it's just what happens you know somebody gets lucky uh it, it's tough because you know you go through all the effort to square up your ladder and then someone breaks and now you got buys anyway um well, that's the know. competition buy same thing as same thing as a competition buy so well, I mean, it's competition by. Right. And, you know, obviously there's, I had actually looked this up because I was curious because I heard people using di- different terms interchangeably because I know definition wise competition by um, is, is the same as a broke by, you know, whereas a draw by is, you know, if you get it in the ladder, that sort of thing, which it's really six to one half dozen the other, but I've heard people throw the terms around um, and, and confuse the conversation. But yeah, it's, I don't know. It, it's just right up there with, you know, letting races happen in an event that aren't part of the event. It sounds like a great idea until somebody oils the track down. Now suddenly you're the asshole, you know, well, they shouldn't have been racing. They weren't part of the events. Like, you know, you try to do everything you can to <clears throat> be the best you can, but sometimes it just blows up in your face. And that's where I was thinking about with this whole buy run thing, whether or not, like I said, it's, it's better to square the ladder up so that it runs smoothly and hope nobody breaks, or if you just take the numbers you got, hope for the best, you know. But I didn't know, um, in your guys' case, if you, you know, wind up maxing out at, you know, 32 cars and just being done with it. Obviously, 32 cars makes for a clean ladder if you can get it, but that's a lot of cars, you know. 16 is easier to get, but I think you guys probably get a lot more than 16 out where you're at. Normally, we do in any of my races i do a 32 car cap but if we only get like i don't know 16 or 18 or something like that then normally i just say all right well let's just you know raise the raise the entry and cut it in half or something like that you know just make it more more interesting um and just kind of go from there but a lot of times i you know we always talk to the drivers about it and i let you know them you know weigh in on it and see because 
you know, I know a lot of guys don't want to come out there and run for, you know, $500 or a thousand dollars each time. You know what I mean? So it's, uh, and sometimes it's easier to do 32 cars at like 200 bucks than, you know, 10 at a thousand or something like that. You know? Sure. Yeah. The races are down for it. Absolutely. You know, without them, you know, we wouldn't have anything to do. So, uh, yeah, got to make sure they're taken care of. I see Brian over there pacing feverishly. What's up, Brian? Not much. Um, we're going to get near the end here, guys. We yeah, appreciate you guys long. for being on. It's been a been a good show, and appreciate you, Clifton and Limpy. Drive safe out there. And uh, I got a fun, a few funny videos to play real quick. Um, some that were sent in to us. Um, you guys can take a look at. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's old. That dude. That been on the in- that that's trend? been on the internet since AOL. I know Jesus it's an old. Somebody sent it to me recently. It was funny. This is for Bill Hoskinson, by the way, Bill. This is what you drink. Fuck that Pepsi <laughs> shit. <laughs> He's gonna get so mad. <laughs> what else you got, Brian? All right. Mark Woodruff. Oh, this ought to be interesting. Got no audio. There we go. Yeah, still got no audio for some reason. What? Why is there a hat flying around? What the fuck? What did I miss? Uh, somebody just lost a hat in the background back there. Yeah, I was doing some editing. I saw something in the background. I'm like, oh, what's this going on? Who? Well, there was no audio. So who was that exactly? I saw it looked like a Smurf back there. Blue hair or something. I don't know who it was, but here, let me, um, you hear audio. Okay, let me try to. No, there was it was silent. It was silent film. Like it was 1906. It was awesome. Which sometimes is better because then we can kind of critique it as it goes. All right, we'll uh, we'll do this again with audio. Take two. What? I love <laughs> He's very proud of that finger. Yeah, we got nothing. So you see what's going on in the background over there? Yeah, I see someone talking. Oh, there's blue hair. Yeah, I don't know who that is, though. Oh. oh wow, that disrespect. What the hell? I don't know what oh, he yeah. said, but a, who is that? Do we know who that is? That man's street credit score just went down. Yeah, right? Like, how does that... Hello. How long do you got to choke them before their hair turns blue? That's what I want. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. You're terrible. I love yeah, so I must be an angry girlfriend, but anyways. <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm not going to say who that was, but anyways. <laughs> well, come on. You can't fucking tease us like that, dude. If you know who it was, 2022, name names. Oh, boy. So not going to do it, is he? No, I'm not so gonna we're going to... We're gonna... We'll leave that be for the end of the night. You guys all got to watch the video and, and figure it out. I'll let you guys go to our YouTube channel and check it out. Oh, does it so have watch sounds? it replay it. You guys will get who it is then. <laughs> I don't know. I, re- I, know, I, know, I know. was in their presence very shortly. Not too long ago. I know ago, a bunch of people with blue hair, so you have to narrow it down a little yeah. bit. But anyways, guys, I appreciate you guys. I had a great time. It was a great show. And uh, next week we have uh, Beater Bomb. Uh, Joey will be on the show. 
Um, we have our Tech Sunday. We have Chris Lane going to be on. We're going to be talking prep and surfaces, temperatures, and how to hook on different kinds of surfaces. Um, so we're going to get kind of down to the nitty-gritty about all that in our Tech Sunday show. And we've got a bunch of new videos going to be dropping from some events from the past. We're going to get caught up on some videos this next week. And um, you're going to see some things, some secret stuff's going to pop on sometime this weekend i'm not going to say from where but you'll see it here on our channels and that guy down one of these guys here might be have something going on and um we also are going to be going out to arizona for this not that event my bag just some of the events that are coming up shortly here but we'll be at the rundown on the runway coming up out in arizona it's gonna be a great time out there and uh, we're gonna be kind of going there in california a little bit having a little bit of fun for a few days and it'll be fun and hang out with, uh, with, with limpy down there i'll be hanging out with him having a good time you can take me around to inter- uh have a little bit of fun and um, where's it at in arizona where, where's that at in arizona right let me put that back up again for you uh, guys gila band gila band Oh, it doesn't list it on there, yeah. Yeah, the, the banner, the banner on the banner. bottom runs over it. The banner, there, the banner on the there we go. There you go. Okay. Yep. Gila Bend. So, where is that like relation to like Tucson or Phoenix? Tucson, north of Tucson, I think. Okay, I don't know Arizona, so I'm just asking. Okay. Somewhere around there. Badass. It's a dry heat. Yeah, I'm gonna fly out on Thursday. Melt. I'll be there all all week and all weekend, and maybe I'll come back Monday and. Got lots of stuff we're doing. We're doing some shop tours. We're going to be doing some people. Um, we got a lot going on that whole week. We'll be busy the whole time. And uh, so it'll be fun. And everybody's having Show fun with the beers. Mine's getting there. I can't. I don't got enough fur to quite do that yet. Do the I girls like I get the pulling on the, on the beard, you know, when sex, you know, do they like that? <laughs> yeah, I just literally like this and just yank. Oh, is that what they do? Okay. Yeah, they, yeah, they, yes, them, plural, all at the same time. I mean, no, Chris honey, Lane. just one. <laughs> what the hell? Chris Lane pulls on your beard? Uh, what? Well, I, mean, I cut all it right. so you can't do that so much anymore. Well, this just uh, went a whole different direction, didn't it? Nice. Well, man, you were talking about hooking and on, on the streets and, like, I mean, $20 is $20. Yeah. There's a reason hey, for real quick, shirt, but anyways. To answer, answer Richard Coppock, because I know he's been really patient. Um, I'm hoping to have all the stuff out this weekend. I've been kind of sitting on it. Unfortunately, thank you very much for that, Brian. Um, hopefully we'll have all the information out this weekend. It's just, honestly, dude, I've been running 14 hours a day nonstop. It's been kicking my ass. So it's been tough to put it all together, but, uh, I'm waiting on some details from the racetrack because there's some cost stuff we got to work on. So that affects entry level and all that shit. So as soon as I have information, I'll put it out, but soon, very soon. Traditionally, we've put it out beginning of February. So I'm hoping to be right there. Awesome. Here's hoping. We have our double chaos event. Olympia will be on the flashlight, and um, our Clifton's going to be there too. So we'll have a lot of fun. That'll be at. uh, Well, you get you get an inside scoop on uh, Twin Rivers then on the event, running the event down there. Oh yeah, yeah. You I get to meet all the guys. Come, come join us. Some fun. That doesn't look sketchy at all. <laughs> I, I heard somebody tell me before bring one of those little, um, like, uh, pocket cell phone chargers or whatever, because there's like no electricity, down, <laughs> no electricity down yeah, there. So that's true. Uh, it's like, going to be so fun. 
So basically my new business model is to bring my generators out and just sell power strip spots for like 10 bucks. Oh, you make a killing. You make a killing. Like a mini Elon Musk. Definitely. Oh, boy. Normally I use them for powering all my PA. I could set the PA up in the middle of a cornfield, but this time it's just going to be cell phone chargers. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. But uh, so, guys, anybody, I appreciate everybody. And we have our pre order for our hoodies. If you guys want to get in on those, you can definitely go check out the post on that. And we'll get that starting to roll out and get that going. And you guys have an awesome drive safe, everybody, and have fun in the streets this weekend. Clifton, thank you very much. Lots of action. We appreciate it. We love it. And you guys take care. See y'all later. Take care, guys. Be safe. (laughs) Yep.